Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blackula is back. All new. All powerful. <laughs> Blackula, the black prince of shadows, rises from his grave to stalk the earth again in the all-new motion picture chiller, Scream, Blackula, Scream. <laughs> Blackula returns, quenching his thirst for blood in a death trap for his enemies. Blackula, more horrifying than Dracula, screaming for revenge against a voodoo cult of evil. <laughs> See Scream, Blackula, Scream, all-new, rated PG, starring William Marshall, Don Mitchell, and Pam Greer, the sensuous godmother of coffee. You were terrified at Blackula. Now the Prince of Shadows returns in Scream, Blackula, Scream. Hey, it's Josh. It's the movies that made me Halloween Parade Part 2. We have a lot of show to get to, so let's do it. You know the drill. Returning guests, Halloween movie recommendations, Hollywood Food Coalition, Movies Unlimited, and most importantly, the Mandy Challenge. And as ever, we are produced Produced in in Hollywood by Maniacs. First up, one of our earliest guests, the great Allison Anders. Hey, Allison, how are you? I am so good. I'm good. Thank you for uh, joining us. Absolutely. And um, you are you are definitely not a person uh, that um, when I go, I'm looking for a good horror film. Who should I call? Which is why we called you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I grew up in this, in this, because I grew up in the 60s, you know, in the little bit of the 50s, but, um, you know, we got to go see everything as kids. We saw everything in the movie theaters and we saw everything on TV late at night. So, you know, we had chiller and all that stuff. So, um, so there were movies that had this, you know, scary movies that had a huge impact on me but I realized as I got older because I didn't like slasher movies or gory movies or anything like that I thought where's just the really good I realized what I liked were haunting movies like I Mm. liked I liked to be haunted I liked it to be ambiguous if it was true or not you know I liked it to be um uh a ghost that maybe we don't see right. you know and is there a ghost or isn't there a ghost 
So, um, so I loved uh, some of the movies that I loved as a result of that. Like I, and I really love the atmosphere, especially if they have no money and they really <laughs> have to find ways to do it. So I would say if we're talking about no money, I would say, you know, Carnival of Souls is of course, oh, yeah. one of my favorites forever. And it's a haunted movie because we really don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, some people are ahead of it now, but, you know, I think that when I was a little girl and saw that on TV, I saw it late night TV, probably within a year or so after it came out. Um, Almost everybody saw it on TV. Right. Yeah. That's what I, 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 I was one of the few people who saw it in the theater because I actually sought it out. Uh, and it was a very small distributor and it got hardly any bookings and it was on double bills with other movies that also got no bookings. Right. But they all got sold to TV almost immediately because there was some no money coming in. And so there's a oh. whole bunch of those movies that were just repeated over and over on TV because they were they were cheap to buy. And yeah. they were in TV, as you may recall, they used to use movies as filler. Yes. They didn't have infomercials. They didn't have all that stuff. So they had oh. some some t time uh, after 11 o'clock, then just play horror movies all night. So those were the days. Yeah, exactly. And that's how, how I saw those juvenile delinquent movies and all that stuff. You know, right. I got to see late at night, you know, mm -hmm. as the filler. Yeah, yeah. So, so Carnival of Souls, I always loved. And do I have time to tell you a funny little story? Sure. Okay, so I'm on a plane on somebody else's dime because I was in first class. So anytime that I would go on a on a trip like that, I'd think, oh God, everybody's gonna think I don't belong here. You know, this is my own insecurity. Um, <laughs> this, this businessman comes to sit next to They're me and I go, know. Oh, here we go. He's gonna look at my tattoos and go, What is she doing? Uh, excuse oh, me, sorry. this lady doesn't belong here. So he sits down next to me. I'm totally irritated now because I'm believing this is true. And he looks at me with this big smile and he goes, hi, how are you? So I'm like, oh no, now he's really nice and I got to talk to him. So even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I'm good, I'm good. And so we start talking. He goes, what do you do? And I thought, oh God, now this is really, you know. So I said, well, I'm a filmmaker. And he goes, anything I might have seen? I go, oh no, no, nothing you would have seen. I, I am like an independent filmmaker. And he goes, really? He says, well, my sister was in an independent film that's become something of a cult classic. Oh, it's, wow. It was called Carnival of Souls. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so his sister wasn't the lead. She was like the friend or something like that. I can never place what he, exactly he said. Then it turns out that this guy had been this crazy, like hippie dude that lived in, you know, lived in a tree house with his family, delivered his children himself, you know, and, and now, and now he he's a businessman. Like, yeah. Now he was like an echo. He was a, a lawyer for environmental uh, issues. Oh, good for him. So there we go. You know, you just never know who's going to be sitting next to you. And so, I got to sit next to the guy whose sister was in Carnival of Souls. I always love those things. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, oh, this, this, this asshole is going to judge me because of how I look as you sit there and judge, judge him because of how he looks. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I did. Yeah. 
Oh, it's fantastic. I love that. I love that. But, so I uh, love that movie. I love the atmosphere. I love the weirdness. Like if you tried to do that again, it would be totally wrong. You can only do it in Lawrence, Kansas. That's it. That's it. You could only do it there. And that weird, that weird. Uh, that cotillion um, or whatever that place yeah, was. Yeah, that was, was, so it was a real place that was in, in disrepair. You know. In Utah or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that I think, you know, that's one of those, even, even Twilight Zone would have been too sophisticated to pull that off. You know, it's like, it kind of reminds me of that move, that Twilight Zone where the, um, where, where she, the woman sees her, the doppelganger, you know, and the, the, the guy, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. And something about that one reminds me of Carnival of Souls. So um, I love that one. And likewise, I love Night Tide. I don't know if we've oh, talked yeah. about that before, but that's so. one that of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and I loved, uh, you know, that Curtis Harrington uh, <laughs> kind of really went for it with that film. And uh, I, I love, I do love beatnik horror too. That's really fun for me. I love like beatniks being all weird and like bucket of blood bongos <laughs> and some crazy experimental dance you know number going on at a club and you know jazz musicians and um and then in this one we get to also have um um oh god what is her name joe Luana anders uh well we get Luana anders what i'm always but we also favorites. yeah who's just fantastic did you know Lou? I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I have a sister named Luann Anders, but of course it's not the same Luann Anders. And that's how I in fact met her, you know? I, um, well, I met her, I met her cause I interviewed her for a little fanzine that I have, but yeah, she's, she's fantastic in a holding. She's like works at the, um, she works at the uh, carousel. Oh, at the Santa Monica Pier. On the know, Santa Monica still Pier. there. Yes, yes, that fantastic yeah. carousel. And so Luann Anders is kind of the the pure girl. And then um, and then the other woman played by Linda, Linda Lawson. Yeah, is like whose daughter I directed in a TV show and only found out later. Oh my God, I would talk to her. I know, forever. how often has that happened to me too? I mean, I just, I've discovered so many people that I worked with in the past and then I've just, I found out that they were like famous art directors in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the 30s or something, you right. know, and I never talked to them about that I stuff. know, I hate that. I just go, how, how did I not know? I would have uh, We're too busy. sat with them forever. Yeah. So that movie, also, have you guys, um, has anybody, uh, I just got it. I think I'm going to watch it in my Halloween thing this year, but uh, speaking of Lauren Anders, there's a Coppola has gone back and re-edited Dementia 13. Oh, right. I yeah. It's, it's, it's a slightly, it's slightly short. He took out two pieces shorter, that yeah. Roger made him shoot. Oh. Uh, one, one with an extra <laughs> character, uh, that Jack Hill shot that, that, oh, that, that is a hunter who gets killed and it's sort of a, just a subplot. And then there was another little piece, I think, that he asked, he had them shoot. But um, it's it's pretty much still like it was before. I mean, it's it's it doesn't have the D13 test, though, because the D13 test was a psychiatrist who is gives the audience a test to find oh. out if they're if they're, if, they're, if, they're, if they're too crazy, they can't see the movie, which must have been, <laughs> the exhibitors must have loved that. Oh, I love wow. that. It's so good. 
I, I love the fact that 50 years later, he went back and finally got hit. <laughs> Fuck you, Roger. I'm getting rid of these scenes. Guy who godfather of the conversation. Public domain and, and, and there were very few good prints. There was all kind of crappy oh. you know, dupes and stuff. And so now he's gone back to the original negative. And it's a great looking movie, which was shot by a grip named Charles Hannawalta, who didn't usually shoot movies. Uh, and it's, oh, it's, a, it's a wonderful looking picture. Just, just imagine making The Godfather and the conversation and The Godfather too, and and still just you go to bed at night and it's like, God damn it, those scenes in Dementia Thirteen. Someday, <laughs> someday I'll get rid of them. My legacy will. Maybe fall. he'll go back to Tonight for Sure and uh, <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. The, the girls and the Playboy and all that. <laughs> oh my God! Oh please, please, please! I want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> Oh God! Sorry, Allison. Yeah, that's okay. So, um, so Night Tide, I love very yeah. much. Um, Dennis Hopper is, you know, a young sailor who, you know, has a day off and is like, you know, on the pier and meets a mermaid in a sideshow and just gets enchanted by her. Actually, he goes into a club and she's there. Uh, beatnik club you know with all the stuff right. i just mentioned and then uh, and then it turns out that she's this mermaid and she lives in an apartment on the santa monica pier above the carousel which oh which is, is that where uh, that's where paul newman lives in the sting that's right it's my dream apartment <laughs> someday someday yes uh, but, the, but the amazing thing is you don't know if she's really is she really a um, is she really a uh, mermaid? And the, does she lead um, sailors to their deaths and drown them? Or you know, he has this amazing. There's an amazing dream sequence in it that is. There you go. There's a there's a haunting for you. You know that 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 uh, Dennis Hopper has. So. So I like stuff like that a lot. So movies with fog. Yeah, movies with fog, movies with weirdness, movies with people doing weird, a little odd acting. They're not looking in the right place or they're, you know, I love stuff like that. Um, but I also love The Others. Um, the movie with Nicole Kidman oh, yeah. uh, not too long ago, you know, well, I guess it is long ago now. It's probably 20 years ago. It's it's comparatively not long ago, considering yeah. the other movies we're talking exactly, about. Exactly, right? <laughs> so I love that movie. I think it's a really great ghost story. And again, it's this haunting that you don't know if it's, you don't really know what's, what's happening. Is there a ghost or isn't there? Right. And, um, you know, I think it's really beautifully shot and it has kind of one of those great weird twists. And, you know, it, it's it's about a little bit more than it should be about, you know, mm -hmm. but, it's, but it's all right. You know, it's like you can you can you can forgive it for trying to be a little deeper than it should be. But um, but it's uh, I really like that one. And I'll watch it sometimes. Just I'll just call it up and watch it just to. Mm -hmm just to get that fix. Now, I did see something yesterday. I don't know if it's available, but I think it's worth talking about, which is this movie called, um, it, was, it was a TV movie and it was part of the uh, wide world or wild world of mystery or something like that, the series. 
and it was called The Haunting of Rosalind, made in 1973, directed by uh, a woman director who did a lot of Dark Shadows, Leela Swift. And, um, and it has Susan Sarandon and Frank Converse from Coronet Blue in it. <laughs> and, uh, not uh, many people remember Coronet Blue. Coronet Blue, <laughs> yeah, wasn't uh... Right? I used to watch Coronet Blue. Who's, who, is, who is the filmmaker behind that? There was somebody interesting, right? It was... Um... It wasn't Larry Cohen. It wasn't Larry Cohen, right. It was somebody like that, though. Am I wrong? Yeah, I can't remember. But it, well, wasn't, that, yeah. wasn't, that, wasn't that famously canceled before the, the, the big reveal yes. at the end? Yeah, and you never found out what the, what the guy yeah, was searching for? Know. Yeah, we don't know what happened. <laughs> it was Larry Cohen. Shame on was us. It, yep. it was? Oh, yes. Well, if he was here, we could ask him. Damn, yeah. <laughs> should have. We could have, we should have. We should have. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it was really good. It's like, it's actually based on a on a Henry James short story, like for the Atlantic Monthly. Like I didn't even know the Atlantic Monthly had been around that long. But oh, yeah. um, but it's, it's, you know, it's a ghost story and it's just, you know, these two sisters that are both in love with the same man and he's got some mysterious wife that's dead or maybe not or you know or maybe she's haunting them or whatever you know so um it's it's just really interesting these women drive themselves insane basically oh uh, and, and this guy's it? just like well i don't know i like you but i like you too and you know it's just like ridiculous and we don't know if he's a grifter and we don't know we don't know you know there's a lot we don't know and it has a very dark shadows vibe too mm. sometimes you can find those things on youtube yes you know, that's what that, i'm thinking that's odd, what I'm thinking. where did, where did you see it well i saw it as part of a ucla archive oh. screening and um, so I just joined in and, uh, you know, uh, signed up for it, watched it live. And that's why I asked if we could, you know. Sure. Yeah, because I wanted to see if that was something that would be interesting. And it was really interesting to me in that way. Because, it, again, it's one of those things of like, is there a ghost? Isn't there? Am I driving myself crazy? Another one like that, of course, is the haunting classically, you know, it is exactly that, you yeah. know, that. You mean, inner, the, the, you mean the, the good haunting, not the, the good haunting. Not the remake. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, exactly. The good one. It's the difference between, uh, it's the difference between uh, knowing how to do horror movies and not knowing how to do horror movies. Because the remake just takes everything that's off screen in the first picture and scary and corporatizes it and turns it into CGI. So it's completely not scary. See, that is the thing. I think that we show too much. And so then- Well, we can, then, we do it because we can. We can. And those we kids can. love that stuff. Let's have more CGI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just not scary. Cause no. at some point you just go, oh, I don't believe any of this. Well, it's yeah, just machine made, you know? Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, with when you're not showing what's going on, well, you then, use your imagination, and that's exactly. what's what's scary—a dark room. You know, is it, it scary because you can't see? Exactly, <laughs> what's there, and and is this my imagination? Am I just going insane? You know, mm -hmm. um, um, I love I love that I love that in movies. So those are kind of my 
my uh, go-tos. That's a good bunch of stuff. It is a bunch. And by the way, have you seen us? Just because we just watched. Um, there's a new British Blu-ray out of it. Uh, I didn't even see the remake, but there's a Blu-ray of the the British. I guess it was lost for a long time. Um, TV movie, uh, Woman in Black. Woman in Black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, which is the Nigel Neal one. Yeah, right. Nigel Neal. It's a really, oh, really just, good haunted house. Oh yes, I just saw this somewhere. Uh, it was remade recently. Listed. Oh, with, that's um, right. The one with, it was um, remade with, yeah, um, with Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> Harry oh, Potter. Yes. Kid, you know. That's what it was. But the original is the really original creepy. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's got to be creepy. It's got to be creepy. And... It looks amazing, too, for a British TV movie. They spent some money. It's shot on film, but I guess they were starting to do that in 89. And so you remember that thing they do on British shows where, you know, the, well, exteriors, the exteriors are, are on film and the, the interiors, interiors are, are shitty video. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't do that. And they clearly had money because there's just, a, just, just the vehicles alone from, it. you know, these turn of the century, you know, fire trucks and things are amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really Well, good. the thing with uh, the, the haunting of Rosalind is they didn't even bother to go outside. Like he's kind of off. Frank Converse character will go off for a while, like here and there, and then he'll come back and the women have gotten crazier and, you know. Well, that's the Dark Shadows influence. I mean, exactly. they, they never left. The, they never left the soundstage. They never walked Dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> there were enough rooms in the house. So many, so many horrors you can avoid if you just leave the house. Um, well, Allison, thank you so much. What are you? Uh, are you doing anything? Are you a big Halloween person? Are you doing anything for Halloween this year? Oh God, I just took my granddaughter to school this morning. I go, what are we gonna do for Halloween? Because we've. We both, uh, well, this will, I've just really, yeah, I've, this is my first time being here Halloween, and then they just moved Halloween, so we're, we're really navigating the whole thing. She's are like, they having Halloween where you are? Because a lot of places aren't having it because of COVID. I know. She missed it last year, and I'm not sure if, if it's okay this year or not hmm. in this area. Maybe. Maybe, oh, but so. maybe not to the same extreme. Children no. must not be denied Halloween. No, it's a it's a real memory that, that, yes. that you right? have when you're a kid. Yeah, it yeah. is. I was, you know, when I was small, I remember walking up to this one. Again, it's the things that are so weird that scare you. I walked up to this one house. I was like seven, trick or treat, and this woman with this wild hair comes kind of drunk i think comes running out the door and these men like pull her back and they're going no 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 and it was just so unsettling i've never forgotten it i was like was she a witch were they keeping her captive was what it a mental it was, yeah. or maybe they just did that for everyone who came to the door yeah maybe that was you know, their halloween and what an act it was here i am uh, years uh, going what was going on <laughs> that's fantastic uh well well thank you very much i hope you guys come up with something awesome to do because yeah kids kids need halloween god damn it they do damn it um, they do this is howard scott on the scene for tv 12 we're at the bougie theater where it's been reported that a man has gone berserk while watching a double feature horror program the police are trying to subdue the man now in fact here they come what happened inside yeah oh he died at 10 40 he's gone berserk that'd be just beer uh could you tell me what happened inside is this tv channel 12 the film frightened him that badly. Oh, yeah, it was a scary movie. Ah! I mean, he flipped out just when the girl took the axe and started to No, Harry, it was when the guy took the razor and cut off 
Uh, you, sir. Excuse me, what did you think of what happened inside? <laughs> sir, did, did you like the movie? <laughs> I'm to see it again. <laughs> I have here the little item passed out by the management to remind you that if you can't take frenzy of blood, that you better not come. A double explosion of bloody terror, blood-spattered bride, and I dismember mama. Rated R. We thought it'd be fun to check in with the director of Host, the greatest Zoom movie made during the pandemic. Here's Rob Savage. Uh, and we, I'm off to, to London tomorrow for London Film Festival, and we're doing Sitches as well. Like, oh, fantastic. Have you yeah. done Sitches before? No, never. I, it's, I, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I heard. We were, we were in a couple of years ago, and apparently Christopher Walken was there dancing uh, in the zombie parade. And I'm sorry, I've never been more disappointed to miss something. Oh, no. I, I didn't know he had passed. The, um, ba-dum, ding. Uh, what was my other? No, I, as soon as I heard you were doing dash cam, I thought um, um, he's, he's slowly inching his way towards, I, I have a killer idea. Yeah. If you can crack it, it's yours. Backup cam. Backup it's a, cam. It's a horror movie it's set a behind a car that's trying to park. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how that sustains. I, think, <laughs> I have no I th- idea. I think the possibility of a dash cam sequel at this stage might be limited, but that <laughs> that sounds like it. <laughs> that's it. It's it. It. But but it has to be. It has to be very short because those things are only on while you're backing up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can crack it, it's yours. Just okay. Invite me to the premiere. <laughs> but. Um, no, man, we're very we're very excited to have you. And and as you know, and just to repeat for our listeners, um, one of my favorite things about quarantine was that Joe and I spent the first half of it bagging on the inevitability of every clown in town trying to make a movie on Zoom, mm. and then the fact and that they were all going to be terrible, right, Joe? Let's let's fess up. And and then the first one that came out was host, and it was absolutely fucking great. <laughs> we we're like, we got to get this guy on. Oh, we um, were do- we were doing exactly the same thing. Even when we we're making it, we we're like, this is such a bad idea. This this is so bad. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's going to want to see this. It's I tacky. Think it was very inspirational. I, there's yeah. certainly have been quite a few. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. And I've I've seen none that um, that uh, really worked. So you know what? Part, part of the thing too, not not only was it good, but it also the hardest thing ever is to get performances because Zoom is yeah. not a medium that lends itself to, mm. you know, acting, but, acting, actorly acting. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen ones with sort of big stars and stuff, and people doing these performances, and you're like, you're you're not, I'm not. It, it's, it's because it's because that you know it, the the way that it's been pitched to them is like come and do come and do twenty minutes on Zoom. It'll be you know you can you can come. We'll put your name on the film. And you get these people dropping in and not really fully committing to it. They're fitting it between, you know, a lunch right. they've got or a thing. Whereas right. our cast were just, so, they, you know, they were in it. Putting Had nowhere else to go. Tear sticks, <laughs> tears, forcing tear sticks into their eye, you know, for, for 12 hours a day. So, like, it's, um, yeah, it's down to them. It's fantastic. Well, definitely a recommendation. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen Host yet, it's, it's a great Halloween movie. But, um, yeah, but we wanted, you were like, you were like, uh, uh, on the top of my list of people I want to check in with when we were doing this to, to give us some horror recommendations. Okay, well, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. You seem the least likely person we've ever talked to to tell us to go see Exorcist. <laughs> the first one's not host. that it's not a good book. <laughs> uh, no, so I've got a, I've got a couple, and I tried to pick. My first instinct was to go for really obscure movies that would make me look really clever, but um, <laughs> but instead I found some kind of middle ground. I'm sure you know maybe maybe other people will come on and talk about these movies, but these are movies that I genuinely love and watch over and over, and maybe stretch the definition of a Halloween film if you want to get your friends around with a few beers. But um, 
first first movie I've got is um, uh, Andrei Zawowski's Possession. Oh, which is a movie that I adore, and yes. uh, and I think you know there there are, there are a few cinematic experiences that you can truly say are unique. That there's nothing nothing like watching this. You might love it, you might hate it. But there's there's nothing that exists like Possession. That it's, is true, um, yes. And it exists, uh, unfortunately, in two different versions. Um, yeah, and you really? You try to get, well, yeah, it was totally butchered when it was uh, released here. Uh, and because it, it, it's a long movie, uh, or it was a long movie until yeah. <laughs> until it wasn't. Uh, and did they do uh, trims for violence as well? Was they, it? They, they, not particularly. They just, it was too much talking, so they just cut it yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, in order to get the full impact of it, you've really got to see the whole thing. I have to assume because yeah. there's like a Blu-ray. I've got to assume that that's the... No, I'm sure that's the real thing. The Blu-ray is great. These that's butchered versions tend to disappear after a while. Uh, yeah. When they're supplanted by the original. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it was I would say that qualifies, even though yeah, yeah. I understand your hesitancy. It's a, it's a, it's a Halloween movie. I mean, it's, you know, the thing, the thing I love about this movie is that it, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an art movie. It's a movie about, it's a movie about a breakup. It's, you know, it's the movie that he, um, that Zawowski made to basically stop himself from, from killing himself after his marriage fell apart. He started to kind of funnel all his, um, his, his, his angst and his ill feelings into this movie. It's, you know, which is why I kind of put it next to a razor head in my mind. It's kind of filed away as a movie, horror movie slash therapy. But it's, it's kind of um, like the, the Brood is also one of uh, I was about to say, double yeah. feature with The Brood for great that's divorce a, movies. Yeah, That's a great triple feature. You could hide the, hide the sharp knives after that. But, um, <laughs> it's, there's something so, everything, everything in this movie is so amped up to 11. Everything is so over the top. And it, it, it almost feels, the first time I watched it, and I watched it quite young, um, I just didn't know that you could make a movie like that. I didn't know who had given him permission to make a movie like that. You don't make movies like that. You don't act like that. You don't move the camera like that. The, um, the performances are so brilliant, but you've really got to, you've got to tune into what they're doing, which is this kind of very maximalist, if that's a word, um, performance style, especially Arjani, who's just amazing. But, but even down to the camera work, the camera kind of whips around and, 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 and dances with the actors like it's a, you know, it's a hyperactive child. And it's, um, it's it, it, watching the film kind of makes you feel like you're going ma- a little mad as you watch it. By the, end of, by the end of the movie, reality seems a little bendy and skew whiff. And that's what I love about it. It's, um, it, 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 totally, it totally builds a world and sucks you in. And, uh, yeah. But the horror beats are excellent. The, the, um, the, the creature, Carlo Rambaldi's creature is one for the ages. And it's, uh, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like this. It's maybe not a beer and pizza movie, but it's a, it's a great Halloween movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I died uh, then, and one I bet a lot of people aren't thinking of programming. That uh, yeah, they, maybe they will now. So um, very, very, very cool. <laughs> uh, what's what's next? So the next one I've got is um, Dario Argento's first movie, uh, Bird with a Crystal Plumage, which is ah. my favorite, my favorite of his movies. And it's uh, you know, it's it's not a it's not a straight horror. It's a it's a Jalo movie. It's a it's a murder mystery, but it's it's scary, and it you know it shows that straight off the bat. He had suspense skills to rival Hitchcock. It's, um, you know, it's an, it's an interesting one because he, he's very much kind of trying things out and trying to find his style. And he's, he, he's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really accomplished movie, but I find it kind of more daring than, than a lot of his later stuff where he's kind of settled into, he, he knows himself better as a filmmaker when he's making something like Deep Red, but I love the experimentation of um, uh, Bird with a Crystal Plumage. And it's, 
it's a movie that plays with perspective. It plays with the idea that what you're seeing, you know, both both in the movie and through the point of view of the character, might not you might not be able to trust it. And it's uh, and, and kind of like kind of aims that back at the audience and, and has something you know interesting to say about um, violence and voyeurism. And it, 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 it's you know it's it's a it's a great first watch movie. It's fun. It's funny. It's silly. It's scary. It's got an incredible, an incredibly scary sequence where Susie Kendall is attacked in her apartment with this killer trying to get in and sticking a knife through the keyhole. And uh, the, but the great thing about it is you go back and you rewatch it and you realize how much love and care have gotten into every single aspect of this movie. Vittorio Storaro shot it, one of the great cinematographers. Yeah, it, and, it's, it's um, got great widescreen photography, and it's also got gorgeous. one of Ennio Morricone's most bizarre and, yeah. and sexy scores. Yeah. But sexy, but also childlike. And it's interesting because, you know, without wanting to spoil too much about it, it's very much about um, innocence and sexuality. And the the soundtrack is kind of pulling between these two, these two poles. And, you know, there are lots of little kind of um, details, both in the visuals and the the sound work that, that, you know, when you watch it a second time, you're like, oh, they're really, they're really guiding you towards this final reveal, which is, you know, it's people, people at the time compared it to Psycho. And I think it absolutely stands shoulder to shoulder with Hitchcock in moments. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that'd be, that'd be my, that'd be my second choice. And I think I've seen um, it one in a million years, but yeah, that, um, yeah. Well, you I, should program he, that for this Halloween. It's really, a, it's a crowd pleaser. He's, yeah. yeah, no, no, he's, he's, especially those early ones um, are great. Yeah. There's a, there's a, something happened over time and um, it, it stopped, I don't know, for me, at least Dario Argento stopped being a name who's, um, uh, would yeah. guarantee my attendance but but yeah those early ones but every so often you know i think that you know I, the last the last movie that i of his that i liked was sleepless which has you know it's got some great sequ- a lot of it's really boring oh, really? okay it's like he doesn't like he doesn't care but every so yeah. often there's a sequence in it that's like oh fuck he's he's still got it it's still, still in there. there the master yeah. is still there very yes. cool and you got a third one for us I just did two, but I can yeah. let me let me oh, throw, oh, let me let me throw one out. Let me sorry, uh, yeah, yeah. Let me think. I had a runner up. <laughs> I'll um, put him on the spot. I do for my third one. I do the Black Coat's Daughter, Osgood Perkins, the Black oh. Coat, Black Coat's Daughter, which I think is a really underrated, um, really chilling. Uh, how would you how would you describe it? It's it's you know it's it's a twenty four released it and it's very much in that mold. But I think it's uh, I think it's smarter. I think it's scarier. I think it's more tragic ultimately when you go back and rewatch it than a lot of the lots of the A24 movies that have got more um you know that have got more airtime. And I think it's you know it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one because there's one fatal flaw which I think which I think kind of slightly damages the movie, which is the casting. That there are two characters who are meant to be meant to be playing the same character years apart. And the movie the movie which is very kind of um you know, it, it holds its cards close to its chest, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't tip you off to that, and it can be confusing. I whenever I show it to people, I have to kind of explain it up front that these two characters are meant to be meant to be the same the same character in two different timelines. And I think if you can if you can go into it with that with that knowledge, it's impeccably put together. I think Osgood Perkins is a really intelligent uh, and kind of bold filmmaker, and it's and it's also it's, you know it's one of these movies. You know, last time we spoke about. Lake Mungo and and um, you know the same thing with with Bird of the Crystal Plumage. It's a movie that when you go back and watch it again, it reveals its layers and it it plays. Once it stopped being scary, it plays as this 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 dark fucked up tragedy, 
um, and it's really yeah. it's really a beautiful movie. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, I I forgot that I I watched it because I'm just I'm, I'm a giant Lucy Boynton fan. That was, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, no, I it's it's terrific. It's terrific. That is that is a good one. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Uh. Well. Cool. We're up. Man. Fantastic. Thank you. That that is. I that, 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 that was okay. No, that was yeah, great. No, that was great. Triple bell. Uh, yes. Um. I was I was a little I was a little afraid you were going to throw like three incredibly obscure films that we would never <laughs> be able to find or something. I could, so I could I could do it. But I'm I, sure I, you I could. Yes. I <laughs> bit my, <bit> my tongue. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh. Well, thank you. What What are you doing for Halloween this year? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna. Well, this 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 movie just got greenlit, so I'm probably going to be staying at home and doing my homework. But I'm enjoying, you know, I've just moved to LA, so I'm, uh, I'm I I love how much you guys go for Halloween because we don't really, you know, in the UK. We, well, we you shouldn't judge us by this year uh, or last year because yeah. it used to be a, it used to be a, a, a huge holiday. I mean, there were yeah. parades and all kinds of stuff, and now, of course, you know, in the current climate, mm. uh, there's some question as to whether kids are really going to be going out trick or treating or not, or yeah, whether their yeah. parents really want them to, or or whatever, but it, 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 prior to this, it was the number one holiday in America. Yeah. I hope it gets, yeah, I hope it gets back to it. Cause even what I've seen, you know, we've got a lot of um, people who work in set decoration and, and production design who oh, yeah. live around this area. So their front, their front. Yards oh God. Yes. No, amazing. you're having your first Halloween in LA, no matter what, yeah. you're going to have a great, uh, yes. And then when you have those, like, especially when the makeup effects, people have their parties. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Halloween, Halloween Horror Nights and the Universal. I, you know, yeah. I'm going to try and do all that stuff if I can. I remember a hundred years ago going going to to one of those, and I had I was working. I used to crew. I was working on a, a TV show, mm. uh, and I got the makeup effects people to do me up. I went. I, it was simple. I went as Jason, but I did it with the aid of like top notch you know, makeup effects people and wardrobe yeah. people. So I just looked horrible and dank and <laughs> carved up and everything. And I remember getting to this party, and there was another guy coming up. The, the steps who was also Jason and he was simply wearing a jumpsuit and a <laughs> hockey mask and carrying a plastic machete and he just looked at me and just went oh fuck hangs his head in shame <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you will see some amazing stuff this year amazing so. great yeah, man well thank you very much uh, I no can't worries. wait to see uh, dash cam it, it sounds mm. like and I'm, I'm you know think about think about it think about uh, um, backup it's, cam it's sticking away it's sticking away because yeah, you're gonna, my, you're the guy my, who can crack it. My people will be in touch with your people. <laughs> you can have it. You don't have to call me. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Take hey, care, thanks so much, guys. Take thanks care. Thanks a lot, Rob. Listen to the voice of Simon. Fire, air, water, earth, charge, 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 charge. Fire, air, water, earth, charge, charge, charge. It's the whole witchcraft scene in Simon, King of the Witches. The Black Mass, the Witch's Coven, the spells, the incantations, the curses. For a totally different kind of motion picture magic, you must see Simon, King of the Witches, starring Andrew Prine and Brenda Scott in Metrocolor. The Black Mass is the evil mass, and Simon cringes before it. Be sure to see Simon, King of the Witches, in color, from the Fanfare Corporation, rated R. Next up, the director of the very great Tigers Not Afraid, Issa Lopez. Well, I'm trying to think of movies that that are not necessarily in everybody's radar, right? Because I'm exactly. sure that you're going to have some amazing guests throwing the classics and the... No, mo- no, we're, we're, we're actually... 
We're actually, uh, we love the classics, but you know, we've talked about them a lot and mm -hmm. we've featured them on our website and everything. And the idea here is to try to get people to be familiar with movies that they would like, but they don't know about yet. And, yeah. the, and the, the people that we've been talking to have come up with a lot of really interesting movies that I think are not on the general radar. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, hence, uh, what we want to hear from you. Well, I, I thought a lot about it and, uh, and trying to think of movies that, that are not in everybody's radar. I came up with three ideas. So one is a movie that forever is an influence. Um, and, uh, and I saw it on a, on a beta cam because in Mexico, we didn't have VHS. A VHS was like the luxury American thing. Uh, thing. We had beta, beta cam. So I, I, I went to um, the Mexican version of Blockbuster, which was called Video Centro. <laughs> and I rented my copy of uh, The Haunting of Julia uh, with Mia Farrow. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, um, it's based on a Peter Straub um, novel. And, um, and it's one disturbing, elegant piece of 70s cinema. And you have Mia Farrow uh, playing a mother who loses a daughter. And, uh, and the movie starts with one of the most striking um, initial sequences, scenes that, that I uh, had seen. I think I was like probably 11 when I saw that movie. And, um, and it just starts with pretty family in England, American mom, English father. The father is, is played by Kier Dulea. And that's the only movie I've seen Kier other than 2001 um, and this was 1977 so it was not that much later and um, and they have a beautiful blonde daughter and they're having breakfast and the daughter wants to go to the zoo and they're having this this uh, eat your breakfast and uh, a little tiny argument between mom and dad because I think daddy's been too busy and has the jam and is the toast ready and the daughter is saying things and the parents are ignoring her and the daughter reaches out, takes an apple, bites it and it starts, you know, doing a little <coughs> <coughs> that starts getting worse oh, and worse oh. and worse and uh, she has, she choked on a piece of apple. So finally the parents react and they try to do a Hamlet maneuver and they're panicked and they, know, they don't know what to do. And, uh, um, and at some point Mia Farrow, uh, uh, Julius in the, in, the, in the movie, reaches out, grabs a knife, extends it to Kirdulea and says, you have to do this. And, and the father can't. And the daughter, the, the, the daughter is choking. She's going blue. And the mother doesn't know what to do. Caught. And if I remember correctly, this is a one-shot thing. If it isn't, it should be a one-shot thing. <laughs> you know? Um, caught to the sirens of the ambulance getting outside of the house. And the paramedics come running. And there's Mia Farrow with the knife in her hand, shaking, covered in blood because yeah. she tried to do a tracheotomy and failed and the little girl died. 
So the movie goes cuts to six months later. And this is the story of a woman who is haunted by the fact that she killed her own daughter, moves out of the house, and finds the ghost of another little girl. And is trying to create a connection. But this other little girl turns out to be a really sinister spirit. And I do love it with movies decide that children can be truly evil. Oh, and yeah. that, that's an exploration on that. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a meditation on loss. It's incredibly stylish. The DP that, that works on that, because um, I wrote that down for today. Give me a second. Um, um, is the same guy that did uh, with Nell and I, and who did um, um, that um, Monty Python Meaning of Life movie. So he was, you know, really happening in the 70s, and it has those 70s beautiful colors. It's just a, it's, the music is stunning. It's a really interesting 70s, piece of 70s horror. Oh, yeah, no, Kier, Peter Hannon. Kier Delay played, uh, played a guy who had a, a missing blonde child in Bunny Like is Missing. Um, uh, and uh, when the, 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 the famous story about Kier Delay was that he was on a receiving line, uh, I guess, to meet the queen and um, Noel Coward. Uh, was introduced to him, and he and Kier Delay held out his hand and said, "Kier Delay," and Noel Coward said, "Gone tomorrow." <laughs> oh, 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 terrible! Also, on Black Christmas. So... <laughs> I was just like, I don't know this film at all. I was just looking at it. it's Richard Longcrane, who mm -hmm. uh, yeah. directed, who I love, did my yeah, still my favorite Shakespeare adaptation. You've never seen Richard that III. picture. I've never seen that picture. It's no. amazing. I, well, I, you it, know, it, it wasn't was, widely distributed. And, and, for, and like three years ago, I looked it up and it was almost impossible to find. But I vaguely remember that it someone re-edited it recently. I don't know if it was Criterion or Shudder. Someone, someone unearthed it. It's a treasure. Wow. It's okay. so beautiful. And the book, by the way... Uh, um, Peter Strong is one of my favorite uh, horror writers and the book is so is, is one of his early novels and it's so sexual and so disturbing which is not in the movie um, it's both are you know it's one of those things that both the book and the movie are their own valuable things so it's it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a fantastic adventure I would try oh, wow. to track that baby down for how yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I, am, I am going to find that. Uh, awesome. What's what's next? And then um, next and before I go into something more traditionally horror, for me, one of the biggest references and informations in how I think about horror and um, a horror cinema specifically is not a horror movie, but Jesus does it have horror in it. And it's Fanny and Alexander. Uh, the Ingmar Bergman, which was a TV series, actually. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so what you're recommending, Fanny and Alexander for? <laughs> it's a horror movie because. Okay. Well, first of all, it's a beautiful movie. It's yes. a, and, and um, I, I honestly saw it without knowing that it was a TV series. I saw it when in the '80s. Um, I think it was 1983 or '84. It came out oh, and yeah. uh, did the round in the. Uh, out of Sweden as as a movie, you know the way that um, 
a little bit what happened with Twin Peaks that, uh, that outside of the US, we didn't know that Twin Peaks was a TV series. We thought that was a movie and it was the pilot was distributed as a movie. That's right, yeah. And because we didn't have any internet, we we were like, this is a great David Lynch movie. And then later it was like, what do you mean that's a TV series? There's so, more hours of it, yes. Exactly. So with Funny <laughs> and Alexander, it was not the pilot. They they condensed the movie in, a, in the series in a very long movie. Uh, but it's such a beautiful meditation and it has a lot of comedy, a lot of humor, a lot of drama because Bergman. Uh, but it has the such moments of fantasy and surreal moments you know very early in the movies established that alexander it's a story about a brother and sister in a very large crazy swedish family and it's a little bit um bergsman uh, owns childhood it's a it's a theater family and um fanny and alexander are siblings and their father dies early and the beautiful mother marries an evil, evil, evil uh, pastor, extremely strict, with a very weird, sinister sister that lives in the attic in the house. And um, that the children can only hear the fat, uh, strange sister with the stained pajamas that never moves and is always in the attic. But throughout this, Alexander can see the statues, the, the sculptures around the house winking at him sometimes, which is beautiful. And, um, and at some point they escape the house and they're, because what's going on in, in, in the house become abusive and horrible. And um, Alexander takes refuge uh, with a friend of the family who is a Jewish um, art and antiquarian. And takes Alexander to his to his house, which is endless and crammed with antiquities and rarities and oddities. And um, and I love that episode in the movie. And um, so the the Jewish old man has two sons, one of which becomes very quickly friends with Alexander and says that his other sibling is somewhere in the house. But he only comes out at night, at night and Alexander should never, never speak to him. And finally, and Alexander obviously comes out at night in, and finds the other brother who is very strange. And we realize that the other brother is actually an angel that is trapped in the house and takes Alexander on a tour of the house and shows him a secret room where there's a mummy, an Egyptian mummy. And, uh, and, and the, the angel says to Alexander, if you look carefully, you are going to see that it's breathing. And the camera stays on the mummy at that point. And we very, very slowly see that the chest is rising and we start hearing the mummy breathing. And slowly the mummy turns around to look at Alexander, which is one of the most terrifying moments that I saw when I was young in cinema. And then later... Alexander hears things at night, comes out of his room and sees a, a massive effigy of God, you know, with beard and a voice, a thundering voice coming for him. And it's a, it's a giant puppet that the Jewish brothers are using to scare him. So all this episode in the house is epic. 
after many misadventures that I don't want to tell you about, because if you haven't seen this movie, you guys have to see it. I mean, I know that you guys probably saw it many times, but uh, characters die, accidents happen, children escape great peril, and they come back to their lives. And when they come back to their, their lives, they realize that the ghosts of the people they think they left behind came with them and now are going to live with them for the rest of their lives. Which for me was massive. And that's what Tigers Are Not Afraid is about in the end, that you're never going to be able to shake the ghosts right. of the dead people you left behind. So uh, for me, Fanny and Alexander is all the genres, but horror is massive in it. And it's a beautiful watch. So would you recommend people watch the feature version or the TV episodes? I would say, uh, you know, the path that I transited is, is, is for me really worked, which is watch the feature. I think you're going to love it. If you do, you're going to want to watch the series, which is available in the Criterion channel. Mm-hmm. So, the, they the, also believe the they, they sell it as a, as a combined. They sell it too. And I think they have both. The, yeah, you can get the movie and the TV show together. Yeah. It's um, I believe that's what uh, I would recommend. Yeah, that's I've never. I mean, you, you sold me on it as a Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I've never thought person of it who's brought it up. Yeah, it's a Halloween. What movie. is a movie that nobody's <laughs> going to? <laughs> and I thought of that one. <laughs> fantastic. Um, and finally, uh, and I don't know if I'm not the only one to bring this because it. And I think I'm not sure we might have mentioned this movie in other conversations, but uh, it's just I cannot stop thinking about it. Uh, it's an Argentinian movie called Aterrados. Um, and it's that's available on Shutter. And um, and it's um, it's directed by Damian Ruña, who incidentally is a lovely man. He also composed the music. Uh, and if you haven't seen this movie, it's one of the scariest things i've ever seen in my well, you entire you should repeat the title because you know we are on on uh, audio so people yes. sometimes don't understand so the that. the actual pronunciation in in um oh yeah it has a title in english in spanish is aterrados uh in english it's terrified okay and um there's you know terrified is one of the i think is the last movie that i saw that I wanted, I, I felt really that I needed to leave the theater. I was watching it then because I couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it in, and it's not because it's gory. It's just what is happening very quickly in the movie is so disturbing and so weird and so unlike anything else I had seen in a, in a movie and in, definitely in a horror movie that I, I, just, I just needed it to stop. Uh, which is is something I hadn't had in a really long time. And the only reason I didn't abandon the cinema, which I never would do, I cannot believe I was going to do this. I would never do this. is because it was in a film festival. And uh, the Miande director, who I have met in other festivals, was in the audience and he had seen me. Always so difficult. Always difficult to leave a film festival when the, know, the, the, when the director made the movie is you're standing right behind you. So, oh but I was so scared that when he stood up, people was clapping there just like crazy. He he stood up. He walked by me, and he he just made this little sign of "Did you like it?" I actually slapped his leg because I was still so scared. I didn't enjoy it. 
afterwards I rewatched it and I and I was impressed of, of, of what how masterful it is. What it is about, how to explain terrified. It's a little neighborhood in, in Buenos Aires um, where you know weird things start happening in one house and then it gets really bad and people abandon that house and then a couple of months later a tiny different things happen in the house next to the empty house and a little time after something happens in the in the house across the street but it's not ghosts we don't know what's wrong with this place but something is very wrong and nothing is behaving the way that things objects people are supposed to behave under the laws of physics everything starts doing really really weird stuff that i have never seen in a movie there's a particular and there's many many events happening in the movie but there's a particular angle a little boy dies in the movie and then he comes back and um and they can't get rid of him and um and it's such a strange weird thing because you never see him moving but there is a dead body of a dead kid there and he just go go away so just take your time is is so unique it's a it's a fantastic movie wow. and where where would we find this shutter has it shutter okay. has it okay mm -hmm. Yes, it is, it is. It is out there. It can be found. Um, wow. Uh, uh, you may have scared me away, but I'm sure some of our listeners will. Be, it's uh, aside from the horror <laughs> angle, and and it's really really good in the horror. It's just a solid movie. You know, it's, the performances are incredible. The music really works. It's so well shot. It's just so believable. That's why it's so scary, because nothing looks fake in the movie. So mm. it's just very real. Wow. Uh, well, that, and Joe, you don't know this film, right? No, I don't. Oh, right. wow. Hey, oh, stumped, you're in for a treat. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Isa, thank you so much. Uh, you've, you've, you've delivered and then some. So I'm very, uh, very, very glad we brought you into this. I, I knew you'd come up back. with some, some good oh, stuff. My. I, I got to say, nothing will top Fanny and Alexander as a Halloween movie. That's, um, <laughs> Wow. It's a, it's it's an outlier. I know. You you made your case too. I'm thinking back on it. I'm like, I don't know why I've never seen it. That way, but yeah. No, no. You should look at it as, as Fanny and Alexander are not afraid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once you know its secret, nothing can protect you from Suspiria. She must die! There's a murderer! Suspiria, the most terrifying film you've ever heard. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. Imagine, if you will, that the most frightening things on Earth are about to come out of the darkness. They will look surprisingly like your neighbors, your friends, your family. 
dawn of the dead. There is nothing you can do to stop it. It's too late. It's coming to a theater near you. Dawn of the Dead contains scenes of violence that may be considered shocking. No one under 17 will be admitted from United Film Distributing Company. I don't know which I'm more excited about, the fact that Bill Hader came back or the fact that he's currently working on season three of Barry. Well, I know you said one movie. I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, no. I said two or three. So, oh, um, I couldn't do two or three. <laughs> how many, how many I, tried, I don't know if you guys know what that. I mean, you tried doing one, two or three, and then it just becomes. No, it's impossible. I mean, you go, <laughs> one well, thing leads to another. That, I got to say this. And then if I, oh, this yeah, is right. a nightmare. But so I have, I have some. And then, you know, I kind of feel like you're listeners will probably have seen a lot of these but let's do it um, they need to be reminded there's a lot of stuff out there well you know i i i really around halloween i do like last couple years do like to watch like silent stuff Mm. and i think one fun thing to watch i mean there's you know i had the phantom carriage which i always Mm -hmm. like and then vampire the brisson vampire dryer right the silent vampire yeah. yeah but uh faust the more now Faust. Yeah, that's got a lot of cool stuff in that. That is a really cool movie, man. <laughs> that movie, that movie, you're just like, wow, that guy was operating on like another level. And so, yeah, Faust is one I will put on and just go, this is still like so effective. The 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 uh, effects in that. And you know yeah. now now we're in a position where we can see these things looking more or less like they did when they were new. For years yeah. we used to get mm-hmm. copies and dupes, and you know, and now the, the technology is here that you look at these movies and sometimes they look like they were shot like last week. I mean, yeah, they I just know. look so good. Yeah, is that a good thing or is there something nice about the the dupe? No, no, it's still <laughs> of its period. It's still what yeah. it is, you know. But it looks you can see it. I mean, it's not you know, it's not like it's all fuzzy and. Well, there's also movies like I wonder if they're like you know like I remember watching uh, Greed and like you know they don't a lot of chunks of that movie are missing and so they'll go to like stills mm. that they retrieved and stuff and I was always wondering what that was like seeing a movie like that. You mean you when know, yeah. while ago? Well, know? they did that with the Star Is Born and they did Lost Horizon when they tried to find you know they tried to put oh, the, really they found the soundtracks but they didn't have the picture and so they used stills. And it, it's, oh, wow. it, it's, it's great for film scholarship, but it does take you out of the movie. It does take you out of it. Yeah. So it's nice when they're able to find that stuff. Um, well, Faust I had, and then um, another one I really love is a movie called Mad Love with Peter oh, Laurie. Oh, yeah, Laurie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the best version of that story. Yeah. I, I've the seen The Silent movie. recently, and I, it doesn't have as good a plot as the, as the um, remake. I saw that at TCM Festival. I got to introduce it. And I took my oldest daughter to it and she went, oh, it's a black and white movie, dad, what do you, you know? And she was so into it. And I think that movie got her, now she loves old black and white movies and especially horror oh, nice. movies because she heard the reaction from the crowd to that movie. And it really is just great, top to bottom, just a lot of fun. And it's Carl um, Freud. Freud, you know, friend. Freund, who, right, correct me if I'm wrong, shot Metropolis, was like German. Yeah, he was a great DP, and then he came over here and shot a bunch of stuff, shot uh, Dracula, 
and, then uh, he, and then he started directing them with the mummy and then didn't he uh basically he shot i love lucy yes and designed what the is camera the three camera the three system camera which is right, yeah. oh, wow so the guy who is like german expressionist <laughs> invented the three camera setup he saw a lot of changes yeah he saw a lot of changes and was involved in those things which i thought was so fascinating when i was reading up on the movie i just was like oh my god that is so crazy that the thing that you would think would be abhorrent to someone like that it was like all right we, let's just do three cameras you know he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't stick to directing <laughs> though uh, he, he, oh, yeah. he directed a couple of pictures and then he sort of i guess for whatever reason decided he'd rather be a cameraman Mad Love's really well directed, I thought. Yeah. It was very well paced and his and, and uh Peter Laurie's performance is oh, fantastic. He's, he's so good. He's so good. Um, so I love that film. And then um another one everybody's probably seen that I just I always watch on Halloween is uh Quater Mass in the Pit. The uh, Yeah. Hey Joe, have you seen that one? Yeah, I bet you haven't <laughs> seen that one, Joe. Yeah, I'm not all. I've seen that, and I, I'd have asked, I've seen the uh, the BBC um, serial BBC version as well, serial which, version. Is, which is uh, the same story but longer. <laughs> yeah, I think the last thirty minutes or twenty minutes of that movie are just batshit and great. <laughs> they are. Like, they, they, yeah. all, they, all, the, th- the sad thing about that movie is that they really just didn't have quite enough money. Yeah, to yeah. do the things that they wanted to do. Ideas in it or what I love so much about it. And it is the thing when I watch another one, I like that's a hammer is a devil rides out. Mm-hmm. The one same, I like. same story, same not story. enough money, not enough money, <laughs> but the ideas are so crazy that the ideas jump out. Yeah. For, me for some reason, I just, I just, I'm like, Oh, this just feels really audacious. Later Max in the pit. I just find like very, like there's nothing, I find nothing very pandery about that that you would find sometimes in American uh, well, sci-fi. No, it's it's a, it's it's an intellectual conceit that we Americans yeah. just would never go for. You know, the idea yeah. that the Martians have come down and that our base our idea of religion is based on the fact that the Martians were here uh, is it's just it's great. You know? Yeah, I just that's one I always love to watch. I love the feel of it. I love everything about it. And then another one I remember watching on late night television that was in the seventies was a very uh, movie Race with the Devil. Oh yeah, Fonda yes. and, uh, Pierre Fonda, Warren Oates. Warren Oates, and and finding out from my uncle that it was directed by the guy from Blazing Saddles, who was the drunk in Blazing Blazing Saddles. So, but the the that actor who was the drunk in Blazing Saddles apparently directed Jack Starrett. Rex, yeah, Rex. Wait, race that... for the devil this is what i was you know, this might be sacrilege i'm not true but, uh, is that is that the is that who that is show i thought that was i didn't uh, well he's he acted uh jack star oh, okay. acted in this all of his own pictures That's but I don't, I don't remember and him then he that. played gabby hayes the, the parody of gabby hayes and blazing saddles the guy's mm-hmm. like no you're yeah. forever, forever, forever did not know that holy shit that weird ass dude directed Race with the Devil. <laughs> Fantastic! I, I love that movie. That's uh, it's it's there's just something about I don't know maybe because like I know secretly in my heart of hearts I'm going to end up uh, ending finishing out my days in a Winnebago driving around the. Uh... That movie is very cheap, but there's something very nice about the scene where they see the devil worshippers. 
Yeah, I, I, I used it in the burbs. It's one of the things yeah, that Tom Hanks right, watches yeah. on his that's TV. True. <laughs> well, the burbs, I have to say, not to like kiss your ass, but that's one I watch every Halloween. And the last two Halloweens I've watched it with my kids. And they really, really love it. And they're always uh, shocked at the... They always think Tom Hanks is going to get it in the... In the ambulance. Right. Well, he originally did in the in the original script. They did. No, he just went away. Did he just? It just drive. That was away. the idea that he was he was uh, he was wrong, and they 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 kill him. And then once once Tom Tom got hired, <laughs> they said we can't kill Tom Hanks. We gotta we gotta think of another ending. We gotta tell people what they've been doing in the in the basement, which of course nobody had ever even thought what did what it would do. <laughs> he, uh, I I'm friends with Laura Dern, and I sent her. I said. Your dad's fall off the roof and the burbs is up there with like Buster Keaton is one of the greatest. It is one of the greatest falls in any movie because it feels real. It feels like because the gun falls, everything else falls, and he's trying to right himself. It doesn't feel like a stunt. It feels like an actual mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and is that is one of my that is that's a huge one for for our family. Um, awesome. I want to go back to Devil Rides Out for a minute because I, I don't think I've ever asked you this show, but like, was it based on a book or a series of books? It's Dennis Wheatley. Uh, right. He, he was a very popular, um, somewhat racist, I'm afraid, um, um, writer of um, that kind of material. And uh, I think Christopher Lee took a, uh, he, they were friends and he made a, uh, he was going to make a, a company and he was going to do a bunch of Dennis Wheatley stuff. And in the first movie, didn't make enough money and so it was sort of like well i guess we're not going to do much more dennis wheatley but they did they did lost continent which is based on a dennis wheatley book uh mm. and that period he a lot of his stuff was getting done it's just it always cracked me up I, mean, I love the film but it's just like he's you know some baron or count or whatever who's just back from travels and there's no indication whatsoever that he's a guy who you know fight supernatural entities and just all the shit starts happening and everybody just sort of assumes he well, knows that's what, what barons do in there right exactly what was the difference between budget on stuff that they were doing there in american international and what was going on over here was well it american international ended up going over there because they right. had a whole bunch of money uh, that they couldn't spend and uh, so they said well we'll, just, we'll just, we're making movies over there uh, and it was actually cheaper than making them, making them here. That's why a whole bunch of them just sort of that way. That way, those uh, friends and price movies, like the, yeah, they had a certain, but, but, they, kept, but they were a little less money because he, they were kept recycling the sets. Yeah, mm. I like Tumalagia. That was the one I always. Yeah, that's that's, oh, yeah. that's the one where where he just decided, you know, I, I'm tired of doing these interior things with all the same look. I want to go outside and I want to be in the in the ruins and all that stuff. And it's really romantic, you know. I Robert Tower. Like he is an amazing movie, and those sunglasses or his whole look in that movie is just great. Oh, uh, but yeah, I I just yeah I went on a little tear of watching Hammer movies, and they are just. I mean, it is funny just watching, and it's like a lot of those films when you watch all like how it just gets with the time, where they just got a little bit more of uh, it, it, it's like really fun, and then it gets weirdly graphic and awful. Yeah, <laughs> I like the '70s of what people wanted. Well, they had to keep it. topping themselves, you know. I mean, they were when the, when the first couple of pictures, the Frank the Frankenstein Dracula pictures came out, they were roundly de derided. 
by the British press as garbage and, and it, rated, it should be rated D for disgusting, you know. Uh, and so they, they, there was this, this big backlash, but of course they were very popular and, and, and even more so in America. And, and so they were, they were really riding high until the 70s. And then there was, once the, the dam burst as far as sexuality, it was like, well, now we've got to put a lot of sex in it. And the one thing that the British censor didn't like was to have sex and violence in the same scene. He was particularly upset about that. And so they had to coordinate ways to do one or the other. And then when it finally it got to be a point where they're going to have the sex and violence in the same scenes, then the pictures just got more exploitative until you get to Lust yeah. for a Vampire, which is, you know, just about the rock bottom of, of this kind of movie. Isn't there, what's one of the Frankenstein one where Peter Finch does like, it's like insinuated he just... Oh, with Peter Cushing. You mean uh, it, Peter Frankenstein, Cushing, Peter Frankenstein Cushing. must be destroyed. It's the rape Yeah, where scene. he just throws a woman on the... They, they, they added that. We were in the middle of shooting and they decided that he, like he rape rapes scene. Veronica Carlson, who, is, who, I, who, who I know and is really a lovely person. But it makes no sense. With they them. didn't want to do it. And they said, you got to do it for the distributor. Warner Brothers yes. wants it. And so they shot this scene, which was not in the British version. It was only in the American version. It comes out of nowhere. And I remember just watching this going, what the hell? Like, why? Yeah, it's very, it's very strange. Oh, I also like those, um, those Michael Curtiz uh, pre-code, like Mystery of the Wax Museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look great now. I mean, those, those restorations are just fabulous. Unreal. And those had like cannibalism and... <laughs> Well, Mr. The Rock Museum has junkies, you know, yeah. it's got cannibalism, it's yeah. got nudity. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Those movies are really crazy. And then always like a really weird comic relief bit. character <laughs> in it, like the weird, yeah, Dr. X has that news reporter guy who has like the buzzer where he shakes yeah. people's hands and buzzer and it's like, it's just tonally all over the place, <laughs> you know? But they look unreal. I mean, they yeah, do. they're great. Well, the guy, this guy Anton Grote was the uh, art director. He, he did also did Spengali for them, and oh, he wow. did a lot of uh, stuff that was on off angles and things. And and it really looks very graphic, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're really something. I had never seen those before, and just was just struck by how they looked. I just thought. Man, I could not imagine being like seeing other films around that time and then going in and seeing something like that. Just be like, what the hell am I watching right now? <laughs> or they were really into it. I don't know. That's actually we're kicking off my Halloween marathon this year with the Mysteries of the Wax Museum, that new Blu-ray. Oh, really? Yeah. What other movies uh, do you guys have going? Uh, uh, I still haven't sorted it all out entirely, but I usually do like five or six and it's just this orgy and a bunch of people come in and we lock the doors until it's over, but, um, you don't let them leave. Can they don't go to the don't let them leave. Uh, don't let them. Well, they can go to the bathroom. Joe. I have a bathroom in my house actually. <laughs> That's uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're really, so, you're really traded That's up. a really nice thing to be like, Hey guys, I have a bathroom in my house. <laughs> That's why they come. It's 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 one of those things that just makes you feel like king of the world. You, know? uh, you don't have to send them out past the cement, cement yeah, guys, pond. Don't worry anymore. about it. I have a bathroom in my house. <laughs> oh, that did get oh, weird during okay. quarantine because we were doing some screenings outside and like nobody wanted to go indoors and then we'd have to have to sort of go around through the back to use the bathroom if they needed to and it was all very complicated. But hopefully that's behind us now. And do you watch any more recent horror films? 
I mean, I like, I, well, I, I'm, I'm married to a uh, woman who does not like horror and oh, yeah. spent a lot of time watching movies. So I have not seen as many lately as I used to. I just saw one last night directed by uh, Axel Carolyn, who is one of our trailers from Hell um, Gurus. And uh, it's called The Manor with Barbara Hershey. Uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of an, a very unusual plot because it's about old people. It's, it's, it's like it's cocoon, you know, except it's a horror film. Oh, cool! And um, and it's 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 a it's a, it's a very nice movie. It's very unexpected. Bruce Davison is in it also. And oh, wow! Uh, and and uh, it's it's a I, I you know you could do worse than that movie. It's on Amazon. I need to watch that. I saw a couple ago. I saw I like that movie Relic with Emily Mortimer in it. Mm. That was pretty good. And then there was one called Raw. Oh, yeah, the French, animal movie. The French film. Yeah, which she's be. yeah she just won. She's now the toast of the town. Won, she won the Palm Door at uh, and for that, that Raw was really something. Our fucking movie. Yes, yeah. yes. Not Aaron the first, Aaron. Joe. Not the first. No, not the first. No, you David could, you could probably do a car fucking festival now. Between, uh, <laughs> the counselor crash and, and this thing. That's, uh... Yeah, Crash was one. Yeah. <laughs> During quarantine, I watched Crash again. I hadn't seen it since it came out, and I was like, wow. Okay. I oh, saw I that. I saw that picture in Italy in in Italian, uh, and um, and and it, it was fascinating. Exactly yeah. speak Italian, and, uh, and then I saw it again in English, and it wasn't wasn't as good. I I, <laughs> I asked David what we were together. I said because I I you know it's one of those films that you're like I'm fascinated by it. I have no idea what this movie's about, and uh, he goes, um, it's about getting older. So go <laughs> go figure. <laughs> did you see uh possessor or the uh oh yes possession? yeah yeah yeah, yeah with, i thought uh, that movie was great yeah in fact we've we've had um tuppence middleton who's uh in that film has been on our show a couple of times she's she's gonna be in one of these halloween things with you so oh, that's a, yeah she's a big horror person oh and then off the genre i do have to ask you because last time you were on we talked about a movie that you couldn't find anywhere that's now out on blu-ray have you managed to see um station six sahara yet oh yeah i did yeah i liked it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's terrific yeah. I like I like those Seth Holt movies. I like those. He didn't make enough movies. He, he I know he was young. Yeah, it was, uh, the oh my god, Scream of uh, Fear. Scream of Fear. Yeah, yeah that also one's called great. Taste of Fear. I think in there, but also great. the Nanny is great. The Nanny with Betty. D- yeah, yeah, that yeah, one is bananas. Yes. That one is really terrific. That one is something, man. I saw that one. Um, I want to say TCM or someplace. He was Amos. It was a while. It was a long time ago. They played that, and then after it was um, seance on a what afternoon? Right, double double feature, and I just it was like double double That's mind blower. <laughs> I was like, this is great, but yeah, the nanny's great. Seth Holt movies are good, but yeah, yeah, he, uh, he died. Uh, he died making uh, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. Uh, he, he died in the middle of shooting it, and um, uh, he was apparently very very overweight and not and wow. smoked incessantly. Jeez. So let that be a lesson, dude. Well, yeah, that I will be like, is super good health. <laughs> well, <laughs> the picture of health. Look at him. Picture of health exploded on set. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pressure. Just to reduce rough. the pressure. Yeah. Stress actually made him explode. <laughs> <laughs> he just went. <laughs> Yeah, um, I haven't seen yet, but I thought it was good. That's awesome. Well, well, Bill, uh, these are these are great. Um, yeah, sorry, I you... couldn't just do one or two. No, 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 it's not as good when you that's, just do one. Yeah, no, no, these just are great. Then, if, um, then they get bored. 
That's right. I'd like to offer them a bounty. Are you doing anything? Is Halloween a big deal in uh, in your house? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, now I, you know, you have kids, so it's you know trick or treating and all that. But then I, yeah, I tend to try to watch something when I get home, or or the whole month of October. We're shooting, but it is kind of like if I'm going to watch something, it's like always put on, you know, some sort of old horror movie. And uh, Criterion Channel is doing all the Universal monster movies. So I've been like watching some of those. And remember last Halloween, I think, watched um, The Old Dark House. My oldest. Watched The Old Dark House and and, uh, Sander. Oh, that's Frankenstein. And that's, you know, that's the act, you know. And and uh, and even her going, man, they fell in love really fast. <laughs> only got sixty-two minutes, man. Sixty-two minutes. That movie short. Sure faster than Melvin Douglas and uh, um, they're in the car, and she goes, "Wow, that was quick." <laughs> like, is that how you fall in love? And is that how adults fall in love? I'm like, well, maybe back then. I don't know. They just met each other. Well, you know, but he's with the man with a twisted smile because of World War One, so everything was compressed. Everybody had to yeah. go back and get into their lives right away. Right. That, that, that stuff hovers over all those other 30 movies. The, really? The war. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's okay. yeah. I'm trying. What do you guys have anything to recommend to me? Oh, geez. I, I hate when they turn it back on us. I feel like. Uh, uh... Well, have you seen The Black Cat of the Universe? Oh, yeah. Edgar Almer. Edgar Almer. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. That's, that one is one that you watch and you forget how. That one's still pretty palpable. I mean, that one's pretty. What happens to Karloff at the end of that movie? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's why they. That's why they had a code. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, now I get why Hayes came in and went. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> we can't have this. <laughs> I like. Um, yeah, no, I feel terrible. I don't have any. Uh, um, You're not a horror maven. You can't just. I love horror. I, I, but it was. Like, like, it doesn't have to be horror. It can be whatever. Yeah. Um, well, what have you seen lately that you like? Oh, you know what? I I I just saw um, um, Bong Joon Ho's Bong. Oh my God! What's how do you fucking you know who I'm talking about? Parasite director. Yeah. Bong, mm. Bong Joon Ho. Uh, that's what we film, call him. We just call him that. His first film, Barking Dogs Never Bite. Oh yeah, that that's bananas. I had never seen that. Um, that's was, one where they. I really. That's one of the few films I've seen where I said, "Wait a minute! Did they really hurt a bunch of animals? What <laughs> like?" that was one where i normally don't you know but that one i went you know went online <laughs> it was like yeah. I, a few of them look a little overly anxious but it did seem yeah. fairly clear on examination they didn't actually do serious harm to them yeah, but yeah it was a it's bit pretty, it's pretty it's pretty good though it's yeah. it's pretty wild the, yeah the stuff i've seen i saw um the one i saw that i had not seen i think i saw when it came out not seen in a million years and you can't get it it was some some you know bootleg um uh, I watched Looking for Mr. Goodbar with some friends recently. I've never seen that. Wow. It, it's one of those movies that um, if you saw back in the day was just, I think, loathsome and kind of you felt dipped in shit, but time has been kind to it. It's actually screamingly funny. Uh, I remember watching no. uh, <laughs> Platoon. I remember watching Platoon and uh, as a kid, like what, I, whenever that movie came, I was like a kid and my aunt Tom Berenger coming on, my aunt going, oh my God, I can't watch. That's the guy from Looking for... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, you can't watch the war movie? I'm like, what's the <laughs> your book? This is terrible. <laughs> She's like, I can handle Vietnam, but no, 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 no. He's looking for Mr. Goodbar. I didn't it's not like that. he's sympathetic. I, in I didn't platoon. know that movie was out of circulation. 
Oh, for you, yeah, because of all the music. I mean, you're, you're I were wondering music. about that, and then like oh, you're 10 minutes yeah. in and you've heard every great disco hit of the 70s. I got it, Richard Brooks. Yeah. yeah, there's something weird about like going, uh, hey, we're gonna do this movie based on this new sort of sexual revolution that all the kids are into. Let's get a 68 year old guy who directs westerns, and <laughs> I mean, it's just he's not the guy for it, he, he has no. Uh, and, and you would hope that maybe that would be an interesting, you know, schism or dichotomy. It just, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. It's, um, you know. Hey, do you guys find that you go back and watch stuff and you're always surprised that something you really, really were just like, this is phenomenal. And then you see how much it like really doesn't hold up or. Yeah, yeah. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. versa. You, go. you know, it just, it's who you were when you saw it. And 100%. who you are now. The movie hasn't changed, but you've changed. Yeah. But then yeah. there are, I mean, then there are those movies that really were, you know, ahead of their time that were teaching you something about how to look at film or, you know, and you're looking at it back then and going, oh my God, this is garbage. And then 20 years later, everyone's doing what that movie was doing. And you're going, holy shit, we, we missed it. But like idiocracy. We it. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I know that also now, like having, now you be and you guys you know it's like when you're doing this for a living too it's like i have like a weird combination of like i cut things slack where i go oh, i see what it's going for it doesn't but man you, man that's like really interesting ideas and yeah. stuff and then i find myself on the reverse also getting angrier at something i find cynical or like oh you guys are just going for the thing and you're gonna make your money and go home yeah Whatever. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I call it the Pavlovian thing where you just, you're sort of a scene just replicates scenes you have you seen. You mean like before. Matt Helm movies? Um, <laughs> in, in order to sort of like get an emotional reaction that's unearned, that always annoys me. Yeah, that. yeah. Emotional reaction that's unearned or yeah. something like that. Yeah, no, and it bugs or, me when it works too. Like when you see an audience and they're loving it. People, like, oh, gosh. And everyone's crying in a movie or, or, or laughing or something. And you're just like, you guys never seen a movie before? <laughs> Um, I, I just saw Censor, a uh, British film about a, a woman who is a censor in England during the kind of video nasties thing. And, and oh, uh, where'd you see that? Uh, on, on my TV. They stream these things. On my TV. What was it? Good? What channel was Shutter. it? Yeah, it was I, a little bit, again, it's kind of what you were talking about, where like they're aiming a little bit higher than they managed to hit, but they're aiming high enough that it's, um, even if they don't quite get there, it's, oh, uh, it's, cool. it's, it's really good. Yeah, she's great. And um, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a, that's, a, that's great. A very cool film. Well, but um, yeah, but well, thank you. Please, guys. Yes, no, absolutely. Thanks for coming back. Please get your rest. Please, please, uh, please finish. And good luck with the new season. And, okay. Yeah, can't wait to see it. How could anyone guess that Daniela was reliving the legend of the Wolf Woman? She is every man's dream of love until she becomes possessed with an evil that turns her life into a bloody and terrifying nightmare that never ends. Now, at last. You can see a true story so brutal, so horrifying, that it was kept from the public for over a century. The Legend of the Wolf Woman. Before your very eyes, the Wolf Woman is born in an act of reincarnation that is as sensual, as violent, as bloody, as anything you will ever see on the motion picture screen. The demented passions in The Legend of the Wolf Woman will eat you up. From Dimension Pictures, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents.
now let's check in with our friends from the Hollywood Food Coalition, Blair Bercy and her friend, the wonderful, the lovely, I'm not contractually obliged to say this at all, because I love her with all my heart and soul, Nancy Himmel. Uh, hey, so we're back here uh, with Blair Bercy and Nancy Himmel from the Hollywood Food Coalition, um, both of whom uh, I adore. One of them I actually married. Um <laughs> And uh, Joe, I don't think we have tallies yet on the Mandy challenge, so we'll, we'll wait. No, on. I'm, they're racking up, though. They're, they're racking up, uh, yes. Who could resist? Indeed. And well, if you don't know what we're talking about, we'll talk about that more in a minute. But first, um, Blair, why don't you tell us who the Hollywood Folk Food Coalition is, what you guys do, and why we should be supporting you? So, one... Every night since 1987, we've served a hot meal to anybody food insecure or unhoused in Los Angeles. We've expanded that to also providing essentials, weather protection. You know, this time of year, it gets cold, then it gets hot. So we have huge wish list um, where people can also get essentials if they're unhoused. We also have now um, a service on Monday where we help individuals kind of get back on their feet in a much larger way. So whether that's financially, vouchers for IDs, they can come while they get their meal and kind of have a social service introduction so we can see and point them in the right direction. And on Wednesday, we have our wellness clinic where UCLA Mobile comes and treats everybody that needs to be seen or would like to be seen or somebody that we might assess and say you need to be seen. While they're getting their meal, they can see a doctor at UCLA and then once a month, we have our optical clinic and the UCLA School of Optometry comes and makes glasses for free um, for anybody who needs it. So we've grown from serving a meal. We always say food is the entry point. So once you have food in your system, you know, everything seems a little bit more manageable. And we're trying to now, you know, make sure that we're not just giving food and making, you know, having people go back to where they were, but making their lives and the quality of their lives better if they, you know, would like their help or we can see a way that we can help them. So it's a great organization. Lots of friends volunteer there. That's Lots right. of friends that help also animals. We help animals and make sure that they get either a hot meal or a meal that helps their digestive system, like a good rice and boiled chicken or even dog food, special fancy dog food that might come from your house, Josh, and then make it down to our, our way. It's been known to happen. Yeah. She's not going to say anything, is she? Nancy. No. <laughs> It's an amazing organization. Please donate. Every penny goes back to it's it's completely volunteer based. So yeah. and how, how can people donate? Um also I wanna just make sure that everyone knows oh. Nancy walks when she talks because Nancy's also in the kitchen weekly and making sure the animals are fed, making sure the humans are fed, and making sure there's a delicious vegan option. Um, I am a meat eater. Nancy makes sure that the vegan food is up to par with the taste and quality. So I just want to make sure this is not just somebody like sitting at home being like, do this. This is a cool organization. But, you know, and Joe loves dogs, too. We should mention Joe. Of course. I wish I, I would have gotten a dog long ago if I hadn't been out of town so often. There we go. So now next time we make a dinner, we're going to make a special dinner. We're going to call it like the Joe special and we'll, <laughs> we'll make bring sure him a dog. We'll bring him a dog to go. With I love it. this. I love this. So to donate, you can text give to 323-402-5704. Give to 323-402-5704. Or you can go to hofoco.org slash donate or just click the donate button. Um, and you can donate through PayPal, through your credit card through Venmo. There's a ton of ways. So when you text, you'll get a link. And in that link, you can um, 
decide if you want to make this a tribute or to honor somebody. And I think, Josh, you mentioned that. Yes, we're doing the Mandy Challenge, because if you've listened to this show for more than one episode, you know two things. You know that my lovely wife, Nancy Himmel, does not uh, watch horror films for the most part. Uh, although we did just do Midnight Mass, and she managed to make it through most of that without covering her eyes. Oh, gross. But it sounded great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, also that uh, probably, I don't want to say it's my favorite movie. My, I have many favorite movies, but the movie I have mentioned most on this show, Joe. Well, it's, uh, it's almost as if you were being paid to do it, but you're not. It's, it comes out of a wellspring of love. Uh, and of course, it's, it's the peripatetic Mandy. Correct. Um, although you you bring up shock corridor almost as often, I would say. I probably do. Which is, which is that's a great film. Away, so it's it's a very great film. <laughs> uh, we decided that um, uh, in the two weeks that we've been doing these episodes, one first one was last week. This one is the 29th. If by November 5th we have raised twenty five hundred dollars for the Hollywood Food Coalition, it's not a not a huge insurmountable amount. Uh, Nancy Himmel's going to do. What are you going to do, Nancy? I'm going to watch Mandy. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'll do anything for the Hollywood Food Coalition. Josh cannot get me to watch a horror movie, but for this, I will do it. I will do it. And what do we come up with? Several ways you can in the uh, what is it in the dedication layer? Yeah, in the dedication, you can choose to like honor somebody, um, and then they can input information there. Or since yeah, we're founded in the movies that made me or Mandy, anything, um, yeah, or yeah, or. Or if you donate and then make the change to eighty-seven cents since we're found in 87, we will know that you want Nancy. Well, one, you want to help people and pets and dogs, but also you really want Nancy to watch Mandy. It's a great film. Um, and, you know, experience the joy of seeing someone who does not watch horror watch such a wonderful film. And I will document it. Yeah, oh, I'll bring my there to help cameras. document it. <laughs> we will tweet out the most embarrassing photograph. Uh, so that's it. So you can help Hollywood Food Coalition. Uh, they're a great organization and they do amazing work and we wholeheartedly support them here at The Movies That Made Me. Um, thank you. Yeah, and thank you guys. Thank you. And then, yes, I asked Blair last week what were her like hardcore horror movies to suggest and now we thought, let's ask her for some movies that perhaps we won't have to hold some major fundraiser to get my <laughs> wife Nancy to watch. I mean, I said the audition, you guys reacted. So that, like, you know, that, to me, I don't recommend that for Nancy. That's that's my morning. Like, I start there, so I'm happy I didn't go too deep because that would have scared people. But you know what I always forget about? Vampire in Brooklyn. It's such like an underrated, fun, weird movie that I don't think people watch enough. So if you're a wimp, and well, not a wimp, sorry, if you're sensitive to horror vampire in brooklyn is a good one to start with the birds also another good one if you want a classic um yeah those are my oh and sleepwalkers you thought you were going to get me on the show and not have me mention sleep sleepwalkers is a love story it's a beautiful story about a mother and son that's what the love is yeah (laughs) skip psycho who watches psycho you could watch sleepwalkers why would you watch psycho when you could watch sleepwalkers Maybe Mick Garris would like to watch Mandy with us. There you go. Yes, Blair's favorite uh, favorite director. Favorite uh, perhaps, person. Perhaps we can get him to... Uh, and by the way, you know, there is a connection. Mick did, after all, direct Psycho 4 in the beginning. Joe is my favorite director. Oh, there. Oh, there. 
<laughs> so there. Uh, well, thank you. And please donate. You should donate anyway, but but definitely this is a great time to do it because you can make um, an absolutely lovely, wonderful human being do something uh, horrible that she doesn't want to. Yeah, it'll make you feel connected. Like, I think we That's miss right. that theater experience, seeing somebody next to you, like, jump with the popcorn. You're going to get all of that. You're going to get maybe, you know, some four-letter words. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll be it great. It'll be fantastic. Hey, man, listen. They strapped me into this electric chair, and this cat comes up to me and said, do you want to live? So you know what I told him. Seems all I have to do is volunteer for this medical experiment. So of course I jumped at it, you know, because I'm innocent. And all I need is a little time to prove it. So they took me to this doctor's house. And when I wake up on the table, attached to my body is a head of a white dude. And he's looking at me eyeball to eyeball. So I checked him out. And by looking at his face, I can tell here is a bigot. Man, this is one of the funniest pictures that you ever want to see. I mean, we go shopping, we chase chicks, we catch a few, we get chased by the fuzz. If you want to see one of the funniest pictures in the world, you got to see The Thing with Two Heads with Ray Milan and me, Rosie Greer. The Thing with Two Heads, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Dig it. We want to pause here a minute or two to thank our sponsor, MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website. They're not only huge fans of our show, but they feature many of the movies we discuss here, and so you can easily find them to add to your collection. Sure, you can stream a lot of stuff these days, but when you buy your favorites, you watch what you want, when you want, and there's usually a ton of great content and bonus features, like director commentaries, deleted scenes, and all sorts of stuff like that. Plus, it's yours. Buy your favorites at MoviesUnlimited.com. You'll find classics, imports, hard-to-find films, and of course, the new releases too. The prices are great, and the choices are endless. Own the titles you love and enjoy all of those good bonus features that you don't get anywhere else. The entire month of October, it's a haunted Halloween with scary good deals on everything horror. My favorite genre. <laughs> so, so click the Movies Unlimited banner on our website and buy your favorites from hard to find films, imports, and more. Go to MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website, where shipping is always free on orders over $50. Today was like any other, the hum of daily activity until Reptilicus. A beast born 50 million years out of time, spreading terror in its path, destruction in its wake, towering over the cities of the world. Reptilicus. Invincible, indestructible. Reptilicus. In color from American International, even after you see it, you won't believe it. Reptilicus. Hey, there's a new movie coming out featuring Batman, Catwoman, and the Penguin. We thought it'd be fun to check in with the guy who wrote the first movie featuring Batman, Catwoman, and the Penguin. Our old friend, writer of Heathers, Batman Returns, and many others, Daniel Waters. Yours didn't have, yeah, yours didn't have the Riddler, though. Yeah, yeah, I was getting, already getting complaints. I did have Christopher Walken, though, which is a class by itself, so. There you go. I did have an extra villain. There but, you go. But it's, um, I th- yeah, there's something I think it's good to say about my movie that this movie's going to be 10 times darker, yet my movie still makes people squirm more because it's got sex in it and it makes people feel cre- my Mine's always going to be the creepier one, I think. Wait, does yours have sex in it? Yeah, it's, licking. it's got it's got hints. Yeah, licking. Okay, fine. Because I, I was very proud the um Marvel's making a big deal out of the fact that uh, um, 
the fuck's it called? The new one, the characters nobody's ever heard. Of. You know, the movie with Kingo, your favorite superhero from when you were a kid. <laughs> I don't um, Kingo and Crack and uh, one of the Eternals. Oh, the Eternals. Yeah, they're making a big deal out of it. Like, it's the first Marvel film to feature sex. And I'm like, motherfucker, DC did that 16 years ago. And I'm the guy who wrote it. So fuck you. But you're, uh, you li- I don't count licking, at least not that kind of licking. At least they're real men and women with hormones in the movie. That, that's, yes. that's enough. Okay. But my DC movie had actual sex two times. So. <laughs> two I'm times. I'm two glad times. You, glad you count. <laughs> It's, it's 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 an easy number to get to. We had sex twice. Um, so so Dan Waters. Uh, not a lot of people know this, I think, except people who know him. Dan Dan sees everything, and uh, is the king of the deep dives. So uh, when we were going to put together a little thing here of uh, offbeat recommendations for Halloween movies, there is literally no question we had to call my buddy Dan Waters. Dan. All right. Well, I'm sure you've please heard don't, all my. Please don't say Exorcist. <laughs> Um, you've heard all my speeches before that when it comes to horror movies, I'm an old heroin addict who's having a hard time finding a vein. Like, I want to be scared. I want to be scared so bad and nothing scares me. I keep hoping scientists will come up with a way to take ectoplasm from children so I can, so I can squeegee, squeegee it in a, a mug <laughs> and drink it before watching a scary movie so I have children's DNA so it'll make me more sensitive to scare we, we've had this conversation we would i won't even name the film this was a good film and i don't want to bag on it but we saw something together a few years ago it was really good it was a very it was a mainstream horror film and we were very entertained but yeah no 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 scares and i came home and uh nancy my wife is there she goes how was the movie and i was like you should have been there I was like, I was really mad. And she's like, why are you so mad? I was like, because if you had been there, you'd have been scared. And Dan and I could have fed off your fear. <laughs> yes. I, I need people like that. I do have yeah. people like that in my lives. Yes. But there has been a couple horror films that punctured through. Okay. I, you, some, of them I've, some of them I've seen with you. As a rule, I grow, I've grown weary of movies that shout boo in your face right away. I like, I, I've learned, it's taken me a while, but I've learned to like foreplay uh, <laughs> that I, I compare it to heart surgery, get me relaxed enough, open up a chest cavity, and then you can throw in rats and toasters and, you know, alarm clock, baby raccoons, like you can do anything to me. If you get me to that point of where I, I've given up being scared and then you can get me. Like, I know you, we both love the movie, The, the Descent. Yes, Neil Marshall's movie. It's about spelunking women with interpersonal issues. I had no idea even cave monsters were going to show up, but by the time they do, I'm so ripe because I was so into the. They developed this tension, slow tension, and it just. I was like, then when I realized there's monsters coming, I realized, oh my god, they have me. I'm. It hasn't even begun yet, and it's already terrifying. I'm an open wound. And I yes. just remember it's like it's been that's been the scariest movie of the 21st century for me. Is that it's still like, out there? Remember it because it was my my uh, my former agent retired now, Matt Bedrosian. I had somehow gotten hold of a screener. Do you remember this? Because we watched oh, it for yes, the first yeah. time at my at my house on the big screen, and it, and it was uh, yeah, expecting nothing. Absolutely terrifying film. Yes, it's and now and now we got that one out of the way. I want to jump to the most obscure movie on my list. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it's called Entrance or Entrance, but it's it's directed by a guy who is the dashing, handsome prop guy in one movie I worked on. Um, he directed with another, his name is Dallas Hallam. He directed with another guy, Patrick Horvath. I don't know where to be. The movie takes its time. The first hour makes John Dealman look like Terminator 2. Eric Romer watches the first hour of this movie and says, is that anything going to happen? It takes too long. But my God, basically the movie follows uh, a girl trying to make it as an actress in Silver Lake. And, and we can tell she's being low-key stalked in the margins, in the periphery. We know someone's watching her. There's an hour of this. <laughs> hour of coffee shops. Hour of cars stopping and keep going behind her. For, and then all of a sudden, we're at her. She's leaving LA. She's leaving Silver Lake. Then she's having a going away party. She's decided to leave LA. The lights go out at the party. She's got to go to her fuse box. And then you realize the movie's got you. And so much happens after that. It's insane. I, I, it's like your stomach is open from open heart surgery. And there's a raccoon crawling toward your stomach. And it's just, they got you. Um, Here's a terrible I, question to ask: is, is is do you have to watch the first hour to fully appreciate? The, yes, that's uh, it. and okay. not not only have to watch the first hour, you have to like just be beaten down by the first hour. That's unfortunate. <laughs> like you can't read the New York Times with during the first hour. You've got to watch it, be angry at the movie because it delivers so much. But you've got to like really go through the water torture the first hour. But man, does it deliver! And it's you're you're basically open wounds getting salt poured everywhere, but but fun in a fun way. So when how old is this picture? Two thousand twelve. And it didn't make a splash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Well, I saw it in a special screening. Yeah. yeah. Right. At the old Cine family, actually. Because it's easier to do that in a theater, I find, than than on video. Yeah, I do have it on DVD. I did watch it. I mean, it does it it does still get you. But yeah, and yeah, I did look at some comments on on IMBD and and these people these people were like too angry, not worth it. But I think it's worth it. But um, okay. Fantastic. Now the next one's a little controversial. It's a French director. I know Josh kind of loves him, hates him. I just love him, even though I wouldn't call him a horror film director as much as a punishment film director. His name is Pascal Logier. His most famous film is Martyrs. Oh, yeah. Then he did a movie called The Tall Man, an incident in Ghostland. All three movies have an end of the first act gut punch that just changes everything, rips your brain out of the back of your skull, and you spend the next hour trying to find your brain matter on the floor and and they, they can be exceedingly violent but as albert brooks says in broadcast news well i felt something like i i'm so i'm so i'm so dying to feel something that maybe i need acid poured in my face but but there are like a cl very clever storytelling i don't want to give away all the twists but i know josh is a special non-fan of the I'm tall not a fan man. of martyrs. Oh, or, or yeah, well, or, I have not. I haven't seen the other one. Yeah, the tall man. I seem to remember. Is that the one with Jeff Goldblum? 
<laughs> oh, that's the tall guy. <laughs> but the double feature. It does have its terrifying moments, though. Um, and uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, I, I, I'm di I'm dying to give away the twist because most of your people aren't going to listen, aren't going to go watch the movies because I scared them away. But the twist, if I could just tell them, it'd be so much fun. But I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> a movie that me and Josh do agree on is called Satan's Little Helper. Oh yeah, which I don't know if you've brought up before, but I think I mentioned it once in a show a long time ago because it's it's well you 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 can tell the big. It's basically it's Jeff Lieberman who's directed some cult films that are of varying quality, Blue Sunshine and Squirm. Squirm. Uh, this is his best film. It's it's basically a a, a maniac, a, a wild killer escapes. It's Halloween. He puts on a mask. It happens to be the mask of a kid's favorite video game character. He sees him. The kid, the kid starts tagging along with them, not knowing they're going on a violent rampage. He thinks it's all in good fun. He brings them back to the house. He, the family thinks he's just one of his friends, but it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. But wait, you're not gonna, you're not gonna. And the weirdest thing about this film is which i don't know did it ever have a theatrical release i have no idea it's a small low budget movie it's got a bob dylan song in it i i i i, I knew i knew I, I knew that's what josh would bring up <laughs> it's just, like, it's we're, so all, we're, we're all we're all being scared and entertained and he's like how do you get a dylan I'm song the bob dylan song <laughs> It's pretty it's, unusual for a low budget picture. Yeah. It? Yeah. You like, have to imagine their buddies or he like Dylan lost a poker game to him or something. I see, mean, I made a note not to bring it up because like somewhere Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan's on a tour bus listening to this podcast. He's like, <laughs> I never gave Satan's little help of my song. <laughs> That's true. What if I just stole it? Like <laughs> you've just outed them. <laughs> I like the poker game theory. My poker game theory is much better. All right. Um, I, my 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 next one my 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 next one's a little complicated. Oh, wait, how many of these do you have? I just got one more. Oh, okay, I'm happy my, to. These are great. These this are is great. my closer. This is my closer. Okay. <laughs> it's a little complicated. Well, Josh and Joe, I don't know if you've ever done that Universal Horror Nights or Not Scary Farm, where sure. this time of year amusement parks all over become scary. They're taken over by very um suspiciously vetted and screened out of work actors who become maniac killers and roam around and try to scare you and it's it's legitimately terrifying sometimes but it, you can't help getting an idea what if these out of work actors parading around you and with blood hanging with fake blood hanging off their faces decide to really start killing you <laughs> like it's the thing that goes through my head all the time yes every time um, and like, if we, you know, you could see somebody being killed right in front of you and you're holding up your phone, your iPhone filming it like, you know, this this could happen. There's two movies that actually try to do this premise. I can't say they're wholly successful. Hellfest and the houses that October built, but they both have those killer moments where people are in an amusement park. They're watching people legitimately be torn apart. And they think it's special effects, and they think this is all in good fun carnival style entertainment, which to me is the best of all worlds of hilarious and shocking and 
and terrifying. Again, these movies aren't complete successes, but I wanted to get out this idea because I think to your listeners, the great not scary farm gone awry film has yet yes. to be written. I think it's just out there for all of us. Let's do it. Let's make <laughs> let's get a movie that's really gonna scare me. I think it's I think it's gonna happen. That that would be the one. I'm I'm almost tempted to to to, to mention the idea I've had for one of those, but I, I, I won't. I'll keep it to myself. But yes, must be done. Must be done. Yorga. Yorga. Count Yorga returns. Here is a vampire picture you can really get your teeth into. The return of Count Yorga. A vampire lover returns from the dead to seek a mate from the living. One never knows when he might encounter some of the more unusual truths that exist in this world. See the return of Count Yorga in color rated GP. The question of who should go last in our final Halloween parade was an easy one to answer because our next guest was actually our very first guest on the movies that made me. Ladies and gentlemen, Miguel Arteta. In much the same way that uh, way back when, when we were like, we need someone to talk Russ Meyer, who better than Miguel Arteta? When I think, when I think horror films, uh, I immediately go to uh, Miguel. Uh, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> neither neither of those things are true. Uh, uh, I have to tell you, I can't watch them. I get too scared. Like, uh, oh. um, I remember watching, and this is very embarrassing because it's a terrible movie, uh, but Francis Coppola did the, the, the Dracula, his Dracula version in the 90s. It's a great movie. How dare you? Um, and uh, uh, I mean, people were laughing in unison at poor Keanu oh. and his accent. It was not fun. Oh. But, uh, but I, would, I got so scared, I had to take my friend's hand. And uh, um, uh, I realized that I'm not, I'm not equipped for them but, because they really affect me. Uh, but I really love them because they're obviously so cinematically delicious. Well, you, and, you had said that to me earlier, which makes me wonder why you would not enjoy um, Dracula, because that is, that is. Oh, it's a little pretentious. Yeah, or it's, like all, it's only appeal. It's total appeal is, is cinematic, I would argue. But, uh, 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 well, um, uh, uh, you know, you can't account for taste, I guess. That's <laughs> have, I, have I ever done my um, Keanu in Dracula impression for you? No, I'd love to and see I, it. I love Keanu. Keanu is, is the great. He's, um, um, Me too. That, that, there's something about him in that film. Alas, I fear Dracula has outsmarted us again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm blessing. He's yeah. not particularly <laughs> well like cast. He would be a work of genius. Uh, yes, but anyway, well, somehow I thought you would be a great person to get in touch with for for our little project, anyway. And um, I movies that you're not. too scared to watch, and that's right, movies you're too afraid, afraid to, to watch that you want to recommend to people. Um, uh, well, there's three three movies that I uh, scary movies that I love. Uh, they're all done forty years apart from each other. Um, uh, one is a, a Japanese silent movie called A Page of Madness, which uh, I don't know if people have talked about that one yet. But uh, no, you, oh. you can you can bet they have not. Okay, uh, uh, it's uh, this this director Kinugasa, who I had never heard of, but you know, when I was at a film program in the '80s, a professor on cover it said that this movie had been lost till till the director found it in 1971, and it's set in an insane asylum, and uh, it's incredibly beautiful and lyrical and terrifying because it's about insanity. Um, uh, but it's it's you know. 
uh, you start to realize that uh, uh, a woman comes there and her, her mom is in the insane asylum and you realize that the attendant who, who cleans the place is the husband of that crazy woman and he like mistreated her and made her go crazy. And uh, so uh, uh, you, you start to see him like just trying, he's so guilty, he's trying to take care of her. And he starts to hallucinate more and more uh, as the movie goes on. And, uh, you know, he starts to give all the inmates happy, happy masks. They can dance with them, things that look like that. Oh, and, uh, um, and it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's incredibly like cinematic. And uh, also the performances are just really horrifyingly. I, what scares me the most is insanity in movies, you know? Mm. Like, uh, I mean, you're uh, in the right business. Yes. <laughs> I uh, uh, I feel very susceptible, like you know, like it's infectious, like uh, and uh, uh, so so if you're a fan, I, I think this is uh, you can watch it somewhere. It's available. It's been on Criterion. There's a Blu-ray. Oh, and what uh, year was this made? 26, 1926. Uh-huh. So it's a silent. It is a silent, and it's. Uh, you know, it's incredible. The, the guy who wrote it, you know, like uh, won a Pulitzer Prize years, years later for great novels. It's 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 a very very cool film. I, I recommend awesome. it highly. Great, very cool. Is very it scary? Good. It is scary. I smoke some dope and watch it and see if you're not deeply disturbed. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, the next movie that I uh, like to mention is made in 1965. If Bunny Lake is missing. Uh, yeah, from your movie, yeah, which uh, it's pretty disturbing too. Um, um, you know, uh, I'm sure you guys know it. Uh, you know, it's about a a woman that uh, loses. You know, her kid goes missing in the school, and her brother and her go looking for her all over London. And Lawrence Olivier is the detective that comes to try to figure out what's happening here. And uh, it has, uh, uh, I mean, it has incredible. Uh, cameos by uh, 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 the the British uh, playwright. What's his name? Um, Noel Coward. Noel Coward. Yeah, he plays a, a, a creepy oh. guy that tries to 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 seduce her. Very disturbing scene. This must have been the movie uh, that he uh, was first introduced to Cure Delay, who plays the the brother, because there's a famous story of uh, they were apparently on some sort of line, a receiving line or something for. The queen or whatever and people were being introduced and uh and the cure delay introduced himself as high and the cure delay and uh, and coward said gone tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing cruel but true very very cruel very very cruel um uh that's that's quite a premonition he had um um i um i, I heard that no coward has many good things to say my wife always quotes that uh Whenever you say hello to somebody and they go on for 25 uh, minutes to an hour talking about themselves, it's like he had an expression. It was mere, merely a salutation, not an inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, the, the movie is really cool and they use a cinemascope, uh, black and white cinematographer and cinemascope. It's, like, it's incredible. And, uh, uh, and it has the, the zombies in it. Exactly. That's right. Very early. For and they did, they did the, they did the uh, radio spots. They sang, come on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You mean the zombies, the actual, the band? The band, yeah. yeah. I'm sitting there going, I don't remember zombies. And no, 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 the band. They, they, yes, I, the I band. think okay. they, they had a brief Vogue. Yeah, they play themselves, yeah. They're a great band. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh it's really if you've not seen this is like I I recommend it it's a real treat like uh, oh for sure yeah, um, yeah. And like every great auto premiere movie it's like you know because I find that he tells stories in a, a, a more objective way than most directors you know like movie lends itself to telling subjective stories you know like uh, like. Hitchcock being the most blunt and obvious thing, like we're seeing, you know, the point of view of this this person and experiencing it through this person. But uh, he's manages to make movies where you can have alliances and believe different things about different characters in the movie, and the movie still the plot all resolves itself well, even though people in the audience are having very different uh, kinds of experiences. I, I find that I don't know if you guys find this with with, with uh, premier movies, like you know, like if you watch Laura, like you can. You can like or dislike certain characters and you know like you can feel differently about each character and the movies too it ends up working out very well it's not you know like he i think his background as a lawyer had something to do with that but uh that's an interesting observation yeah yeah um but uh, uh bunny lake is is an interesting movie because obviously one of the characters is completely creepy and insane and uh, but if you watch it and try to relate to one character or the other, the movie, it's a great experience. And I, I if you're watching uh, any premiere movie with a friend or, or a loved one, I, uh, I think it's interesting to discuss the movie afterwards and be like, ask about each character, how that person felt. Mm. Uh, I, I find that every time I do that, it's like a very distinct feeling in the room about everybody. Mm. Um, interesting. And uh, my last movie that I want to talk about was made 40 years after that in 2015, and it's Krisha, you know, the uh-huh. Edward Schultz movie, the Thanksgiving movie, um, and I think, in my opinion, the only successful Thanksgiving movie. I think Thanksgiving movies are kind of cursed. Um, I don't know. Okay. Joe, Joe do, do, you ever, do you ever make a movie that was set around uh, Thanksgiving? Uh not intentionally, no, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever had any Thanksgiving scenes. I had Christmas scenes, but not Thanksgiving. I think it's a bit of a cursed uh, holiday for film. Like, uh, um, you know, like, uh, I, I think most movies that are set around that holiday end up not being good. But um, that's why they're turkeys. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, come on, let's put this to the test because it's a weird holiday for movies. Didn't, didn't Edgar Wright do a funny, uh, Yes. parody trailer for uh, I think Ash, but I think that was um Eli was it, Roth or was, was it Eli it? Yeah. I think it was Eli Edgar did don't um yeah Eli did planes trains and automobiles is that people, is that Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving but you never people, get Thanksgiving in the movie I think don't they get home for Thanksgiving finally I did it's been a long time well they do I mean this is the last shot they get there. um uh oh my hated big chill number two uh yeah people people like that one I'm told um <laughs> apparently you don't I'm not. I, I'm not i made a movie about how much i don't like the big children uh home for the holidays you know yeah. jody foster um I mean, the list goes on I, I stay away from that but the, this this movie does that incredible krisha ha, have you guys seen it 
No, uh, no I have not. I know it's on, it's on my list of things I need to. He's got a big list. He tells everybody yes. that he's got a big list of things it, when it, they bring it, up it, stuff. It gets he bigger every have. time I do one of these episodes, but but that's on it. This is a great Halloween movie. It's really a horror show, like uh, like like a, a true horror show. That like, you know, it's it's quite extraordinary. It was made for no money, and and he uses his aunt, Krisha, is the person that plays a, a, a very alcoholic, drug addicted uh, mom that had to give up her, her son, and the son is raised by other, other relatives, and she promises she's been sober for a long time. She's in, in her 60s, and she comes to, and she gets herself invited to Thanksgiving, and it's the worst, more upsetting and disturbing crash into a Thanksgiving party, and uh, uh, you know, if, if if you have at all a bad family life, it's a perfect horror movie because it will just make everything that was bad about your family life come right back, intensify it, and, and make you just like scream and cry. It's uh, oh, wow, it's, that's a I, I gotta rush right out and see that one now. <laughs> it's horrific and, and it's relentless. It's one of those movies where, like, you're like, okay, nothing could be more disturbing and upsetting. We like this woman has squeezed every bit of like just like disturbance, and then it ramps up again. And it goes like like three times. Like you're like, oh my god, it can't possibly. It's like it really is like a horror movie. Like uh, even though it doesn't pretend to be at all, <clears throat> in that like you can't kill the, the you know the bad thing. It keeps coming back at you. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you know the, uh, you know she gets her son tells her I, I disown you. They lock lock her up somewhere for her to sober up. She manages to get out, and you know the turkey ends up uh, in the floor being eaten. I mean, it's um, uh, the family. Uh, uh, it's and it's shot like a horror movie. It's shot in a really dramatic, amazing way. So I, he made a movie called Waves a few a couple of years ago. Do you guys? Oh right, that? I think it was last year, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. a terrific movie. Uh, um, set in Florida. Uh, but uh, but but this I, I can't recommend it more highly. Krisha, go 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 check it out. Fantastic. And we had um, by the time this airs, actually, it will have dropped. But next week's episode, which will be last week's when this comes out, um, Jim Cummings, uh, the writer director, was a producer on that. I think he was talking about that as well. Um, no. Yeah. So apparently, it was a he's a, it's a remake of a short that he did. Uh, okay. Yes, in which he in which he used Krisha as well, and Krisha has gone out to make other movies. She made a movie about a pot farm uh, last year, um, and she's she's quite a fine, you know, very unique uh, person. But it's one of those performances where you know I watch and I just don't understand how it is possible that oh, it's like that how that performance is just in, in a person, you know, like how does right. that live inside a person? Um, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh, yeah. No, I, I, I've never heard anything but good stuff. And everybody kind of says um, what Miguel's saying, which is uh, it, it, it will make you uncomfortable. Um, John Waters, I think, recommended it highly. There you and, go. And Kate Berlin also like told me it was like, John Waters recommended this movie. I saw it. You have to see it. And that's how I first came to it. Um, and my, uh, my niece uh, watched it and uh, I think she couldn't talk to her family for weeks after that. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so what, how does it stack up against, say, Abigail's party for um, uh, flesh crawling? Well, that's pretty high. high 
uh, I love that movie so much. Um, um, but this is this is you know Abigail's Party is a is a horror show in itself. But this is this is like uh, it gets under your skin a lot more. Like wow. it makes you recognize uh, your potential for being a disturbing, unworthy person. <laughs> like uh, you know, um, you know I don't Fantastic. know what it is about horror movies that do that. The first time I saw Silence of the Lamb, which I adore, you know, and Jonathan Demme, I got lucky enough for him to be my. He was like, uh, you know, like he did with hundreds of young filmmakers. Like uh, he he kind of. Uh, helped me in my career a whole bunch and uh, um, so I was very excited to go see it I had been around him when he was prepping it uh, you know I was a PA during Cousin Bobby so I had heard tons about it and uh, I was really excited to see it and I went to the theater and I had to leave halfway through the movie and, oh, wow. and just go sit in the lobby for a while I was just like this is like I can't keep watching it like it just like, I feel like I'm going to turn into that guy. Like, I think it's amazing that you've seen as many horror pictures as you have, considering your reaction yeah. to them. <laughs> well, I've missed a lot of great ones. Uh, uh, I hear, you know, right right now we're in a renaissance of horror movies. Is that correct? Uh, well, yeah, kind of. But I'm, we, we always are when people need to have movies that make money and don't cost much. <laughs> um, it, was there a, a horror movie that inspired you early on? Uh, oh, I'm a shock theater kid. You know, I, I saw these pictures on TV when I was a kid. I mean, I was, I used to go to horror movies because they were science fiction movies in the fifties. Uh, but uh, when, when, the, when the universals came on, on uh, 1957, I, and I started to watch those, I mean, that was like a introduction to a whole world. I didn't, it was like the Marvel universe. It didn't, you didn't realize that all these things were interconnected and all the actors were the same actors in all the pictures. And, uh, and, and, uh, it was, it, it was it, it was it spawned a lot of uh, you know a lot of fandom. It's, I think it's sort of the roots of one of the reasons why we have a comic con. Only true. Uh, well, Miguel, what what before we uh, let you go? What are you uh, what are you what are you doing for Halloween this year? Um, I will. You know, our neighborhood where you and I live is crazy that there are no kids come here. Okay? There well, there's no sidewalks. You know, it's just like. Frustrated uh, directors and producers like, <laughs> around uh, uh, and writers like uh, uh, like we did not we don't get the kids so we probably will just be here you know watching movies like we always do you Sounds know good we watch a movie almost every night like for example we watched uh, Ernst Lubitsch's Angel mm -hmm. a couple nights ago and uh, and I go on it's on uh, it's on the uh, Criterion amazing. And I watched a movie uh, at my friend Jeff's house recently that I, I highly recommend. It's not on, on uh, uh, you can't stream it. You have to buy the DVD. It's called Deep End, made in 1970. Oh, yeah. It's not available. It's a great movie. Incredible. I had never heard of this director, Joe. Like, uh, uh, he's, I think he's an actor, too. I saw that he was in Eastern Promises. Uh, Oh, Georgie Skolomowski. Well, Skolomowski was, uh, oh, yeah. he, he did a lot of pictures that were played in places like uh, Lincoln Center, you know, and part of the New York Film Festival, but they never really got a lot of wide distribution. This picture was distributed by Paramount, so it had a lot of, it, it saw it saw a lot of uh, dates, but then it's, there's a rights problem and it sort of went away. And um, and now you can, you can find it uh, being sold, but it's a very hard movie to see. Uh, it's a terrific movie. Also, has its dark side. <laughs> it's very, very dark side. I love that it makes the, the kid, the, the protagonist, a, a creep at the end. It has it has serious 
Courage, the movie, and Jane Asher, which I didn't I was know. Say, this is the Jane, yeah, I saw this at the Cinematheque a few years ago. It was amazing. You, you've seen it, Josh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got so much energy, right? Like, it's just like, it just... And it really uses color. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrific movie. Yeah. Des yeah. Deserves to be better known. Yeah. Um, so if you can yes. get a hold of that, recommend that. Uh, I'm going to check out, you know, I, I heard that he started to make movies in 2015 after his wife passed again. Oh. And, he, and he has like, you know, like two or three, one that's coming out this year. Uh, uh, so he's know. still at it. Good, um, Good for him. A model for us all. Yeah, he did. He just did a remake of Osar, you know, the Baltasar movie, the Person movie. Really? Yeah, uh, he he did it with uh, Sophia Loren. It's about to come out. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, how about that? Right? Not the same donkey. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Maybe related. Um, ah, well, fantastic. Well, Miguel, thank you so much. Um, I I appreciate this. I knew you'd have uh, you'd come up with movies that nobody was going to come up with um, except you and. Well, uh, you did not let us down. Our show was recorded in the official Trailers from Hell crypt. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, created, and zombified our theme song. Stay scary out there, folks. Oh! Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.